0: Good evening, and a very, very warm welcome to you in Radio Land at home in Dominica and abroad. This is the Global View on Q. I'm your host, Sheridan Gregoire, Mr. G. It is the Tuesday, the 23rd of August. It is, in fact, the 34th Tuesday of 2022. And the time right now in the is at Q95, we're bang on time at 8 8 p.m. And now, so we're live on Facebook and on YouTube and we ask you to share the live, like our pages, get the latest breaking news and happenings, as it happens, only on Q95, the big station. My distinguished guests tonight, economist Dr. Thompson Fontaine, Dominica Freedom Party leader Bernard Ito, financial consultant Ronald Lander, Retired banker Julius Corbett, they absolutely need no introduction, as each of them is a household name in their own rights. So we are, in fact, continuing tonight to move towards reviving the spirit of graciousness, of love and peace, prosperity and unity among our Carinago and Afro-Caribbean people. Our topic tonight, Dominica's economy, the way it was the way it is now, what it can become with good governance and sound management of its natural and human resources, with work, wages, and wealth for every Dominican at the core of long-term planning and prioritized in national budgets every year. Now, here are a few talking points in which I hope my illustrious guests will immerse themselves fully tonight. So here's the first one. How did Dominican manage its economy and its resources in the past? Were farmers better off under previous regimes? Did Dominican entrepreneurs and manufacturers do better under past governments? Was Dominican society more unified, more organized, more law abiding in past years? Did we see less crime and more law enforcement, more law and order? What was Dominica's national debt, his trade balances and his debt to GDP ratio like in those past years? What kind of report card can be given to the current administration's management of the economic and social situation in Dominica after 23 years of DLP governance? What did the auditor have to say about that in 2021 and in 2022? Has Dominica made the best use of its natural and human resources at home and abroad over the past 23 years? Or has Dominica's economy and society progressed over the past 23 years under the DLP government? I'm really stretching on 23 because that looks like a long spell for any government to be in there. How important is long-term planning and proper annual budgeting? So now looking forward what is the best way forward for dominica's economy and society in the current circumstances given what we know and where we are what are the major pillars or sectors in which we can build dominica and if we can build dominica's economy and our society going forward is the environment sufficiently enabling or conducive to attract in local and foreign direct investments to achieve major foreign earnings from export led industries cuba is now easing up its restrictions to attract investments in select areas of the wholesale and retail distributive trades in order to tackle shortages of goods after 60 years of resist of, of restrictions so here yeah, are some suggested industries. And you would think that um, somebody's not paying attention. Because every time I hear, well, if not passports, then what, or something like that, I'm saying to myself, we're not really looking for some of the answers. Because what about agriculture, and agribusiness, and horticulture, and fruits, and legumes, and vegetables, and renewable energy industries? water and natural beverages industries, inland fisheries, and wildlife cultivation for culinary industries, like crab backs, information technology, knowledge industries, art, entertainment, and cultural industries, manufacturing, natural teas, spices, herbs, medicines, of course, Medicinal cannabis, tourism, sports and recreation, peaceology and well-being industries, marine-based industries, deep sea fishing, Montrepeton National Park, UNESCO World Heritage Site. What are we doing it? What are we doing with it? Are we making sure we preserve and promote it? Because so many countries are getting fabulously wealthy from. Just using the national parks, people are going in droves and visiting the parks and having a great time with the entire family. And what about this elusive international airport and the whole issue of deteriorating law and order? Now, there's a big question. And I hope my guests will will, will look at this with you. What should Dominicans at home and abroad do to ensure good governance, proper long-term planning an annual national budgeting that is focused on true resilience, true resilience, meaningful sustainability, not lip service, foreign earnings, and export-led growth that will result in work, wages, and wealth for every Dominican. So tonight, economist Dr. Thompson-Fontaine, Dominican Freedom Party leader Bernardito, Financial consultant Ronald Lander and retired banker Julius Cobbett will help us unravel some of the answers to these major issues and hopefully find solutions for the way forward for Dominica. We will discuss, as we always do, the good, the bad, the ugly and the dangerous. But with no anger, with no malice, no personal attacks, no vilification, no divisiveness, just simply looking to bring back stability caring society and progressive governance, recognizing the imperative for the true resilience and sustainability of our Kalinago and Afro-Caribbean brothers and sisters. You see, we have to put people at the center of our development programs. People must come first. So call in tonight and tell us what you think of Dominica's economy, the way it was, the way it is now and what it can become again. And beyond that, well beyond that, with good governance and and proper management of our natural and human resources, with work, as I keep saying, work wages and well for every Dominican at the core of proper long-term planning and prioritize in our annual budgets. Prioritizing our annual budgets It's part of the long-term program. So stay with us in this space for another great debate tonight. Get the answers to your questions. Be part of the solution. Whether you, Wherever you are in Dominica, in the region, and globally, join this conversation on the Global View on Q, and have your say as you do every Tuesday with me, Mr. G, only on Q95, the big station. Now, forget about wearing any hats. I mean, we're all Dominicans. We all love our country. We're not interested in political factions. We're simply looking to do what is best for our country, whether you're an athlete or whether you are a religious person. We just want to be Dominicans and see what is good our council policy and let's have a great time discussing the future of a country. So, as usual, a huge shout out, hugs, much love and appreciation. Big thank you to our healthcare providers and frontline workers doing a, doing a, the best that they can with what they have at hand. Pay attention to their advice and um, watch the protocols and play it safe and stay alive. So again, happy to have you with us tonight. We welcome you warmly and embrace you whether you're on Facebook or on YouTube or or wherever you are in every nook and cranny, in every village, every community in Dominica, in the region, and well beyond globally. Thank you, Sherwin, for keeping us on the air in crystal clear liquid stereo. Well, it's some beautiful music Thompson was giving us a little earlier. Appreciate that. Thank you, Thompson, for doing double duty on the console at Q95, and still will be able to contribute significantly to our discussion. So you will be directing the traffic and I'm sure that Thomson will direct your calls to us a little later. We make the people's voice a priority tonight. We will take your calls. Let's get started. I want to go over first to Dr. Thompson Fountain, not because he's the best looking among us, right? <laughs> but to give us an, an, an overview of Dominica's economy and society and look at then versus now, as we ultimately move to examine several major economic pillars and sectors that can drive a modern, progressive, resilient, and sustainable economy for Dominica, with work, wages, and wealth for every Dominican at the core of our long-term planning and national annual budgets. And I know that Bernadito will talk to us in depth about our knowledge industries. I'm looking forward to that. Thompson, let me go over to you right now.
1: Yes, uh, a very good evening uh, to you, Mr. G, and to the distinguished panel, uh, Mr. Corbett. Good to see you, my man. Um, Bernard, great to see you as well. Ron, good to be in your guys' company tonight, and, and certainly a very good night to all of the listeners across the land. We've already had quite a number of persons online as well. It seems they prefer to see our faces, so they're camped up online, and we welcome them as well, and those listening by radio. What I will try to do, Mr. G, is I will try to do that within five minutes to to kind of dissect what you've um, requested of me, and I want to start by saying that it is it is a, a given, and most people recognize that, that the Dominican economy today is worse than it was even a year ago, that progressively, the economy is getting worse. And part of that problem that we're having is because of neglect. Our government, the government of Dominica, has not tended to Dominica's economy. They have not devoted the time. They have not devoted the energy. They have not devoted the expertise. They have not devoted the human resource. They simply have abandoned the economy to its own work or to its own workings and because of that we have a situation where on a yearly basis the economy is getting worse and worse and worse why do i say that we have a contracting economy if we look and one of the the best indicators one of the best ways to determine whether or not your economy is doing good is what happens with your domestic tax collections right so you want to see whether or not you're doing better ...on a yearly basis because if you're collecting more tax... ...and bear in mind we have a value-added tax system in Dominica. Every, Practically every item that you purchase in Dominica... ...15 cents, or I think it's 15 to 17 cents... ...goes to the government of Dominica. So if your economy is growing... ...if more goods and services are coming into the country... ...if more jobs are being created... ...you'll have higher personal income taxes. If more goods and services are coming into the country... ...to service construction or to do other things, then your taxes will be increasing. But if you look at the numbers, for example, in 2016, the government collected close to $370 million in taxes. In 2021, that was down to $333 million. That's a net reduction over five years. So that tells me that the economy is contracting. So I can say without any fear of contradiction that we are worse off today than we were five years ago. And if you were to think even, you know, if you were to go back to the, next, to the previous administration, the period 1995 to 2000, when the United Workers' Party was in government, you had a buoyant economy. Our debt levels at that time was about um, 300 to 400 million dollars. Right now it is 1.6 billion dollars. It's a number I even, I'm even afraid to, to mention. Because $1.6 billion in debt with the debt servicing that goes with it. In other words, you have to repay the debt. You've borrowed about close to $900 million from overseas countries and international organizations and multinational corporations like the IMF, the World Bank. You've borrowed from those institutions and you have to repay them. That's almost $900 million, almost a billion dollars. And you have almost you have over six hundred million dollars that you've borrowed from the domestic banking system, putting a tremendous strain on the local economy. So it means, for example, that if somebody wants to now go and and borrow from the commercial banks, they may not get funded because government is taking up all of the money. This that's like a huge sucking sound that you hear coming from government because they're steadfastly borrowing from the banking sector. So we have a huge debt problem currently. The economy has not been growing. Secondly, it has been shrinking, Um, notwithstanding that we have the most revenues that we've ever had in Dominica from the sale of the CBI uh, or from the sale of passports or the CBI program, as it is called. Notwithstanding this, we are in a worse place today than we were before. And the reasons for this, as I said, is one complete neglect of the government, a failure to focus as well on key sectors. Dominica should have built its economy on the agriculture sector. If you think of a pyramid, if you think of building a pyramid, the best I'm told that the best structures, the strongest structures, as we've seen, are the pyramids in the world, built over thousands of years ago, and yet they're standing strong because of the way they're built. You have a solid base, and then you build up gradually on this base. So the, the base of Dominica's economy must be agriculture. Government has failed to act on that. They failed to make agriculture the base of the economy. And as a result, they're everywhere. They're building and basically building on sand or building on water, constantly moving, constantly shifting, and nothing is happening. At the end of it, what is the result of, of all of this? High youth unemployment in Dominica, scores and scores of young people, unemployed, uh discouraged Uh, you know somebody somebody told me that their life is just like a they feel like their life in dominica a young man told me that he feels like his his life in dominica is just like a a dirty piece of rag going down a river he feels worthless because he cannot find a job he cannot find opportunity in dominica he feels personally worthless to society because he has not been able to get anything in terms of work and to contribute meaningfully. And that's the level of frustration we have in Dominica. That is the result. So, you know, Mr. D, there is a very real price that we are paying because of the inattention of this government and because of the failure of this government. So having said all this, as I promised to do it within five minutes, I'm going to just outline. Since I talked about the foundation, let me outline uh, nine Ten, nine things, not ten, nine things that I believe that the government should be looking at with regards to the economy, if we want to build, because we want to be positive, we want to be proactive, we want to offer advice, we want to draw on our expertise. I draw on over 30 40 years. I Gosh, I'm much older than I think I am, than I look, actually. Uh, but drawing on my over 30 years of experience in these areas, in these things, looking at at the way economies work and, and, and thinking of it. I mean, in, in 1980, in 1988, I was doing the growth for Dominica. I was the one doing the calculations on the growth for Dominica at the heyday of the growth in Dominica, where we had a lot of growth in the banana sector and the, the agriculture sector. So I've been doing that for a very long time. So let me then focus on nine areas, and then I will I will keep quiet, on nine areas where I believe the government of Dominica can focus on agriculture. If you want to build the foundation that I speak about to make agriculture a billion dollar industry in Dominica that can create wealth for the people, that can create a middle class, that can create a wealth of you know wealth, really generate wealth for the young people of Dominica. Firstly, you need to think of agriculture as an institution. And work as such. Secondly, irrigation systems. Um, We we do reasonably well with rain-fed agriculture, so it works well during during the um, during this a time like like this during the rainy season, but not all year round. So irrigation systems are key. Thirdly, you need a system of feeder roads that are serviceable, that are well maintained, that can take us to even new areas of production. Number four. Uh, you need to look at the area, and not necessarily in that order, but I'm just giving you them as they come to my mind. Number four, transportation. You need to settle the, the issue of transportation, which means you have to have sufficient capacity to move the, the, not only the raw produce or the fresh produce, but the manufactured produce that has been made into, into other things. You need to be able to move that and to get the markets for those. Then you need Financing. Capital financing, people need to have access to finance so that they, they're able to get their inputs, they're able to, without too much strain, um, the whole question of, of insurance as well, all of that has to be considered. Then you need a, a, a proper system of pest and disease control, critically. You need a a system of pest and disease control so that you can be proactive so that when pests and disease attack the agricultural produce you can smother it you can deal with it you can get rid of it then the technical support for our farmers is also important technical support then uh, the whole question of production and marketing you know how you market your product how you produce the, the processes that you have to go through and finally you need research so these are the 10 areas that if you're going to build uh, an economy, if you're going to build uh, an institution, if you're going to build agriculture as the base of the country that can create good jobs, that can create, uh, that can really set people on a path to wealth creation. If you're going to do that, these are some of the things that you have to look at.
0: Extremely, extremely good. Um, You know, good um, layout of this thing to get the conversation started. Remember, Thompson, you're only talking agriculture. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is just one particular sector. Absolutely. What you're calling the foundation, right? It is the uh, major pillar on which to build. And and everything you've said there is what is required to get a very well-organized and structured industry, right? Absolutely. It's like any other industry. You need the same kind of arrangements for manufacturing or for cultural industries or for the knowledge industries or any industry to reason, anything you look at, you have to be structured and organized, planned properly, so that you can have a yardstick by which you're going to measure the results that you expect to get. Mm-hmm. And you know what get in those results, right? Absolutely. So that is you talk about the strategizing, because when you make a plan, you're not only always going to get the result, because you know, some in economics they have something your family of they call ceteris paribus, mm-hmm. other things being equal. equal
2: absolutely. So,
0: they're not always equal in small island developing states like Dominica. So things change, and therefore you make your make adjustments in planning. But Ronald Lando, let me just go to you. Because I'm wondering, why is it that we moved away from agriculture? At one time, I heard in Dominica that agriculture is a has-been industry. I used to hear that. I'm, I always wondered why, when in fact we did so well in agriculture in the past. I mean, we all remember the heydays when geese was taking the bananas, and then when you came into the office, we look at all the other non-banana crops. I mean, we we all remember what is happening to farmers way back on the Eugenia Charles. I mean, the farmers were buying their transport cash, building all the farmers build their homes. They never depended on anyone to, to give them home. They build their homes on their piece of land and they paid for it. And the banks respected them thompson talked about the middle class we had a middle class then edward leblanc recognized the farmers would be the middle class they were going to get wealthy and they did many of them ronald i want to just go to you to see if you can maybe put your finger on why we decided to ignore agriculture and why we made all the mistakes that we made so that our numbers don't look good so much so that we find our auditors these days are telling us all kinds of things when they give us their reports. I'll go over to you, Ronald.
3: Okay. Th- thank you very much. Thank you very much, um, um, Sheridan, for having me on again tonight. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on and sharing my knowledge. I've got a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience. I've been around for a while. And I enjoy sharing my knowledge and my experience with everybody. We we can go all the way back to the to the line operation when we were in citrus and um we started in Newton Citrus Factory and uh Newton Citrus Factory was very productive as a young boy going to school in Newtown, Some got to jump over barrels to go to school because from the new factory opposite Suki, used to have barrels alongside the road all the way down to the depot harbor, not the depot harbor, the port area there, you know. Then we moved to Bananas and then we had a challenge of Bananas in 2004 with the Black Seeker Toka and we moved up with Bananas. However, St. Lucia was able to deal with the Black Seeker Toka in 2004 and St. Lucia is now back into Bananas, exporting Bananas to the UK once again. They've been in the regional market and they've been back again, exporting Bananas to the UK. But Sheridan, the way I would like to First of all, my submission is to, first of all, look at, in a summarized way, some negative economic indicators, looking at our current status. And then at a lower stage in my submission, I will talk about a recommended way forward. As a person trained in economics, accounting, and management, I'm very concerned with the current status of my country. When I see my national debt as reported in the auditors report for June 2021 at $1.6 million, $1.64 billion, I'm wondering where did all that money go to? Because the national debt, when we were back in 2000, was in the range of $500 million. So national debt has been increased by over a billion dollars. Where has that money gone to? Or just report again saying for 2021, we've got a deficit of $51 million. We spent more in expenditure than we raised in revenue to the extent of $54 million. And our bank balance in 2021 was $43 million. I recall somewhere in 2019, 2020, where the 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 overdraft was so high that a certain amount was transferred from overdraft to a load but having a national debt in excess of your gdp in 2020 our national debt was 109 percent of our gdp so national debt is over 100 percent of the gdp this is unsustainable it's going to be very difficult to service that level of debt. And when you look at the GDP, there are certain questionable contributions. You look at three majors of our GDP, agriculture, which are one of the major areas in the GDP still. And when we look at it, we see our Haitian friends are making a substantial contribution to agriculture in Dominica. And whatever money our Haitian friends make in agriculture, the marginal propensity to consume in Dominica is very low. Asian earns a dollar 80 to 90 cents goes to Haiti. And consequently, the consumption is significantly reduced in Dominica, and this impacts on the multiplier effect in Dominica. We look at wholesale and retail distribution, and the Chinese have taken over the retail trade so most of the funds that are generated from retail trade in dominica is remitted to chinese and finally the construction the construction area in dominica is dominated again by the chinese so most of the output that we recognize in our gdp is generated by external forces and there is a significant outflow of those resources in dominica so we never see the major impact of, of, of our GDP, the value of goods and services that we generate in any particular year. Our national debt has increased over a billion dollars when we are been able to generate significant inflows from Chavez, from the CBI program. There's a discussion going on about a $4.2 billion that is unaccounted for and questions have been raised, and our Prime Minister said that he'll be making a submission to embarrass the leader of the opposition, but yet we have not received that submission. Also, with our Kinsey Hotel, before the hotel was opened, the two operators, after they got their, their commission, the significant commissions on selling the passports, they were able to make sixty million US dollars. Can you imagine what 60 million US dollars can do for the area of Portsmouth? So this is the first area of negative economic indicators I would like to speak about briefly. The other area is our agricultural export. What is our major agricultural export now in Dominica? We do not have a major agricultural export. Yes, we do export. Some minimal items, and we see from time to time. Or well, woodbridge bay is is unemployed. Maybe there's a 20% occupancy. And my understanding is what we export is a lot of empty containers and scrap metal. I see the car cardboard from time to time. The carbon is 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 very frequently observable at the woodbridge bay, bringing in boats into Dominica, bringing cars into Dominica, which is very unfortunate. We see we have a stage now where we're importing water into Dominica. This is a very significant area we need to pay attention to. Important beers and soft drinks. There was a stage when we had two soft drinks factories in Dominica. And now we are importing soft drinks in Dominica. I have been hearing some of my friends when I move around asking for cigarettes. Jazz Garraway used to produce cigarettes in Dominica. Now there's a shortage of cigarettes in Dominica. I am not supportive of cigarette smoking. However, there was a thriving business being done by Garway. Today, there is a a shortage of cigarettes all over in Dominica. The other major area I want to talk about in terms of uh, negative economic indicators is tourism. After 22 years, our access is still very poor. Our access for cruise ships you can see from the Bayfront what we have done in the Bayfront. We put in a few little buildings on the Bayfront, but the access for cruise ship is still very poor. <coughs> the access for aircrafts. We don't have a modern airport. We are the only independent Island in the OECS without a modern airport. So this is another major limiting factor. We look at yachts. We don't have a marina in Dominica. Why don't we have a marina by now in Portsmouth to accommodate all the yachts that come into Dominica? And this is a very important area that we need to pay attention to if we need to develop our tourism industry. We look at health tourism. For some strange reason, Ross has disappeared. This is something that has to be investigated. How could Ross... We worked with Ross since 1978 to build up Ross University and Ross became an institution in Portsmouth and they disappeared. That was a very important health tourism product and consequently Portsmouth is suffering significantly because of that area. Our construction area, our const- I spoke about that earlier but I need to re-emphasize that. Eighty to 90% of the construction that has been done in Dominica be it health facilities with housing facilities is done by foreigners mainly Chinese and these monies are not being spent in Dominica and consequently we've not see the multiply effect in Dominica because of all the construction that's taking place if all this construction was taking place right now in Dominica, was won by, by, by Dominicans, you will see a transformation in the economy. We look at manufacturing, and what we see in manufacturing is quite a number of the entities, entities like Bello, entities like Benjo DCPs DCP is back on the rise again, and I trust that they can be given more assistance. Essential oils, those agro-processing entities have either diminish or disappear. Again, this is a negative economic indicator. Our banks, and Mr. Corbett will talk about that in in more detail. Look what's happening in the banking sector. The major banks are disappearing. Royal has disappeared. Barclays has changed to First Caribbean and attempted to disappear. Luckily, Scotia has become Republic. And there's a lot of pressure on national banks to continue operating the banking system in Dominica. Luckily, very luckily, there was some consolidation in the the credit union movement, and consequently, quite a number of our credit unions are still functional. The final negative economic indicator I'd like to speak about, it pertains to the retail trade. It hurts me when I walk around Rozo Rose already looks so depressed with the roads and the quarters and the intersection that you see Dominicans, you see Dominicans on the roadside attempting to make a living. And in those institutions, those buildings, the Chinese and the Haitians have taken over. This is a very critical area we need to look at. Those negative economic indicators, if they are not addressed, and I will be talking later on how we should address them, if they are not ad- addressed effectively, there will be an adverse impact on our economy.
0: And, and thank you for that um, introduction, there, um, Ronald. Appreciate that. Now, yes, you 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 call Mr. Corbett. If I I will go to him. The, the fact of the matter is, all of those negative indicators. Julius, one minute, one minute, please. One minute, please, Sheridan.
3: Yeah. Thompson, can you um get some amplification there for me, please? Because I can
0: barely hear Sheridan when he's speaking. I I, I think it's maybe you you might need to turn up the volume on your device. My, my volume is all the way up. Oh, I'm not sure. Is everybody else better now? A, a little better? Yeah, yes. I mean, I was saying to, to Julius, all these negative indicators what does that say to us i mean do we have an economy what is our economy now do we really have an economy that's sustainable the national debt is not sustainable or trade balance is not sustainable i mean we have deficits we are racking up overdraft We, we building all kind of taking all kinds of loans and our middle class is shrinking because obviously the foreigners are getting all the big projects, and our people are not even getting an opportunity to learn to do the things they're doing so that we could take over in a, a certain period of time. It seems to me that we're not really building any structures. We're not building any pillars. As clearly from what Thompson saying. our agriculture sector is disorganized, our manufacturing sector is disorganized, our cultural industry sector is disorganized really i do not see a sector in dominica now that is well organized and structured that we can say we can rely on as a a, a, main, a major pillar of our economy going forward i don't see one now but it seems to me that when we come to that we're going to have to make some strong recommendations about what we should do about that i know that bernard will talk about what we should do about structuring our knowledge industries uh, julius can probably talk a little bit about our finance sector, because we need to do that. At one time, we had an offshore banking sector. I remember when Julius Timothy was finance minister. The, 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 the government headquarters now, that building was built for the, for the financial sector. That was supposed to have been private sector occupied, but now the, the government offices are in there. That was not the original intent for that building. And then, of course, when Ronald speaks about ports, we've all been around. We've all been to ports where cruise ships birth in the world, I mean, and what we see in our part, the, the, the way the tourists, what they face faced with when they come. I mean, they got off the boat, it's, it's not very pleasant and, and we're not very competitive when it comes to, you know, aesthetics and, and facilities and service and conveniences for our visitors, and that is a fact. And then, of course, Ronald mentioned about the question of Roso being a little depressed. I remember depressing, yes, because I remember one of the main agents for the cruise industry in fact, at one time, he had a complaint that there was so much rubbish around the town, and the cruise ships, that uh, threatened to stop coming. Or maybe they had stopped coming. One or two of them stopped coming for a while. So we we we, we have these drains that are open, and you know, sometimes you see we're all kind of you see rats sometimes running around in some of those drains. I don't think we really need to have that because that will that will frighten the tourists away. And then, really and truly, in this day and age, should we have? a tourist ship coming in, and tourists are to pass through containers to get out onto the streets. To me, there is something fundamentally wrong with that, but we've been talking about uh, cruise Village for some time. We have not seen that materialize. We've been talking about a marina for some time. We have not seen that materialize. We've been talking about an international airport for some time. We have not seen that materialize. But yet what is happening, Julius, is that we made some arrangements with American Airlines, and they have this direct flight now from Miami to Dominica. But at least once a week, I believe, one flight has to turn back, either for the weather, because it can't land, visibility, whatever it is, and the airline will not take the chance. When that happens and you have maybe 20, 30 people going back, if they have a four-day stay in Dominica, they're not going to come back there, because two days of their, of their trip is gone. So in fact, the whole question of the airport, it seems to me you have to stop vacillating, you know, and just do something about it. So I will leave you, um, I will leave you um Julius to we'll start up your conversation if you'd like on the financial sector, because it seems to me all these sectors they have some difficulties.
4: Thank you very much, um Sheridan. Greetings, uh, Bernard uh, Ron and my buddy Thompson. Greetings. Hello, Dominicans um we've been talking a lot of things tonight and a lot of what we've said before is is well known and i can use one word to describe what has happened in the past twenty years 23 years is a government that has what i would say misplaced priorities i believe um if you look at over the past few years for example there was uh, big, the big en- emphasis on housing. Um, I read in the prime minister's budget. He says while we are not responsible for taking care of home housing, but well, it has a responsibility as part of our social responsibility. But that's not what you are doing. What you have done, you have um, created individual wealth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this wealth comes from funds that can be disbursed or deployed elsewhere. With respect to the banking system, uh, attention, I want to draw your attention to something you said earlier about the tax base. Um, do you understand that there's the first $30,000 income here derived is taxable, is tax-free? Now, how many Dominicans are making $30,000 a year right now? So when you reduce that tax base, it means that your tax revenues will obviously be very low. In addition to that, the corporate tax is what, 25%? And although their corporations do owe government, but they're not paying. So you have a situation where you have a reduction in tax basis, and you're not generating revenues, at the same time, there is demand on the government <clears throat> to produce. Ron, when you grow well, debt, you, debt growth should be accompanied by something. You have in, in liability, you want to see a growth in asset. It's not visible. So what you're saying is, is a continuous growth in debt but you have nothing to show for it. The banks are, in the entire OECS region right now, the banks are loaded with cash, but they're not on lending. So in 2017, I believe the OECS sense of government decided that they're going to form a, a, a corporation called the Eastern Caribbean Partial Credit Corporation and the objective behind this for me, company formation was to enable minority small migrant enterprises to get access to credit by securing those debt but that's not happening so you form a company to help the poor people and then you're not using you're not exercising your guarantee to help those small persons the small businesses and Thompson, I'm sure in your travels you'll recognize that micro businesses was growing a lot of companies, a lot of countries, micro enterprise. So we are not making those funds available, even though there is so much money available. There is no reason, none whatsoever, for us to have such a large national debt run at a time when we supposedly have four. Photo- billion in offshore jurisdiction that is not being supervised by our parliament. So this is what I'm talking about, misplaced by Paris. The government, obviously. Then I'm noticing something here. There's a system, the auditor came up, they are using the the cash basis of accounting, run at a time when they should be at least using the they, they modify the modified at least you know its funds are available and measurable so we're not even sure how truthful are these financial reports furthermore i believe the audit report should not be addressed to the prime minister this is supposed to be addressed to the citizens of dominica and the prime minister ought to tell the people how does he propose to rectify those errors that are being discovered under his watch. So there's a neglect of management, there's a misplace of priorities, and there's a situation where things are getting so bad that there is a growth in crime and violence in the country. Now, if you're running the business, Sheridan, and you're heading that corporation for 20 years and all you're seeing is negativism, then obviously something has to be wrong. It is about time that Dominicans recognize the inefficiencies of this government and to get rid of them. But guess what? No laws, no regulations are in place to ensure these things are being managed. So mismanagement continues to grow and the people, the general population, continues to accept it. As it's okay, I love my PM. A PM who is doing disastrous thing in their eyes, but they wouldn't recognize that. By George, but consider this: consider this. Although we do not have a big tax base, the prime minister goes up to parliament, and he tries to argue the removal of duty on 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 on, on yachts, pleasure boats. Many, any country, you try and tax, we try to tax the rich so that the poor can benefit, but no, we want to get it. So, so this is misplaced priority, Sheridan. And because of this misplaced priority, Dominicans are living from hand to mouth. We have made Dominica a a mendicant society. Now, but let's, let's, be, let's be fair. The government has done something good. I think the the the, the yes we care program is a good, I think the NEP is good. But these things, the, the NEP is, is short lived. Consider this, over 20 years, we've been trying to develop thermal energy to reduce the cost of energy. What has happened to it, Sheridan? How many years we have been now talking about international airport to re, to to improve the the, the 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 transportation system so you have a weak transportation system you have a tax system that is crazy and then you have a government that continues to spend money as if they have bring their own money increasing the national debt from 500 million five in 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 in, in, in 20 years ago to 1.6 billion what do you have to show for it? So by and large, the government has mismanaged the country, has mismanaged the resources, and it creates a level now that they have, the country have to say, wait a while, let's take a step back. If you put a management in system in place and they're in poverty, you've got, to get, you've got to get rid of that. Because this country is not going anywhere right now from what I can see. You have created a, a few uh, homes for individuals. Certain people are getting very rich, and certain people are getting very poor. Now, so prior to that, I mean, I remember when I was growing up, a young man, uh, everybody seemed to be happy. Well, uh, put money. Uh, I think there was because money in your pocket, food on the table. I mean, can Dominicans really say to themselves right now, they are better off right now, twenty three years from twenty-three years ago, they're better off right now. A few may be able to say yes, but the majority is not going to say yes. So I'll leave it at that. We'll come back later and I'll talk to you about the banking system and what I believe can be done to help facilitate the access to credit, which is the key to success. And the government has the facility; they've got the cash collateral to support the guarantee, Bernard. Cash is there. The Eastern Caribbean partial credit—I have not seen where they have exercised the guarantees yet. I'm seeing disbursements going towards administrative costs, but not for taking care of this. Providing the collateral, Sheridan, so the small farmers and the shopkeepers and those people who can create a revenue so that the government can derive VAT, which is VAT, is one of the highest, one of the biggest taxes in Dominica. Not even that you can create your regenerating revenues, revenues from VAT. So the, the domestic economy is not growing. Some friend of mine told me, guess what Julius, guess what we exporting now? We are now a, an exporter of cash. Cash is our biggest export right now. Cash. And guess what's our biggest import? Cash. The cash comes in, it's not being recognized. The cash goes out and creates a flight of capital. What nonsense is this? I, I'm very passionate about that. Uh, I live in the, in, in the United States, but my heart is in Dominica. And it pains me. It pains me to see that we have become a cash exporter, that we have become a cash importer that bypasses the national treasury. does not going to the consolidated funds. No one has control over it. This is absolute nonsense, guys, absolute nonsense. It has to stop. It has to be discontinued.
0: So, 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 Julius, you can see now why the middle class, why the middle class is shrinking.
4: There is no middle class in Dominica, Sheridan. Right. It's a dual society that's taking place. Some folks are very rich, and some are very poor. It's like in Haiti, um, Thompson. It's like in Haiti. Do what they can.
1: Yeah, it is. And and you know, whatever Dominica is really a CO economy. And I, I don't know of any country in my in my vast experience all over the world. I've not seen any any country that has made it being a CO economy as Dominica is.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Bernard, as I come to you to you know, to make your initial comments there. a couple of things struck me when um when Ronald was speaking and also when um And Julia spoke. One of the things that struck out to me is that, um, and I want to put the question to you, Bernard. You're, You're a man who knows what's happening in the world. If you have an organization, a business, an institution, 20 years it's running, and it's showing deficits all the time, the debt is increasing, it's not making a profit, would you fire the CEO? And then when you look around, and you look at your economy. And you remember, Bernard, there was a time when there were a lot of entrepreneurs in Dominica who were doing well. They owned all the little stores around Roseau and they had little boutiques and doing well, you know. And today they're on the sidewalks. You can hardly find a place on the sidewalk to walk you now because all entrepreneurs have been sent to the sidewalks. And the Chinese and other foreign nationals have taken over all the stores. So you can see what is happening to our middle class Bernard. Let me just go over to you. Maybe you can make your initial contribution from you know take it from there.
5: Thank you, Sheridan. And uh, you know, <clears throat> thanks for the rest of the panelists and it's a pleasure to to, to be having a conversation with you guys. <clears throat> Clearly we have some well qualified people with a wealth of knowledge. And uh, <clears throat> that's sort of, the sort of contributions we need to build a while and as a collective, right, as, as a collective team. So it's, it's, it's a pleasure to be here with the team tonight and to be talking to the rest of, of course, my fellow citizens, my old Dominicans. We all, we, you know, at the end of the day, we are all very concerned, I think, <clears throat> regardless of political strife, to have better lives, live a better standard of living. But to your initial question, Mr. G, um, certainly, I mean, any management team, that would in the corporate world that would have delivered these results over the past 20 years. Well, they would not have been here 20 years, right? There's no corporate team in any in any economy or in any any well, you know, dynamic capitalist society where this sort of, sort of stuff would be tolerated. There would be no management team, having delivered these dismal results who would have been who would have been um, kept. They would have been long time replaced. Maybe a corporate takeover would have happened. The 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 market would have sorted out the situation. Unfortunately, the government in Dominica doesn't face market pressures in a sense, right? They have rigged the system that the market pressures that should operate to replace an inefficient, ineffective, dismal performing team is is not in operation, and that's that's the situation that we face. So, would this team be be replaced? Should this team replace? There's no question. I think every single thing thinking Dominican must realize this. Unfortunately, you would think that is the case, but it is actually not, because what has happened is many young Dominicans in particular have grown accustomed to really, this is the norm, this is all they know. They don't they don't really have a yardstick with which to compare the performance of this government uh, against any other. After 20-something plus years, almost everyone under 35, almost 40 years now, consciously and, and intellectually and emotionally, this is really the only yardstick they have, and so they believe the model of this model of the world is what it should be, and a few things being handed out, a few um, a few few things being built, to them that is progress, that's delivery. They really have no yardstick against which to measure what an economy should deliver. It really isn't what this government has delivered, the few things, but it's what it should have delivered in 20 plus years. Where should we have been? Uh, that's the true yardstick, and unfortunately, uh, many Dominicans simply do not have. The worldview, the world experience, the, the, the experience living outside of Dominica or even experiencing a different uh, regime, if you will, that could uh, show them, give them perspective. And so we have a real psychological problem, as you put. We have, we have Dominicans stuck, many of our young people stuck in a paradigm um, of, of what the emperor has constructed. They, they cannot see that the emperor has no clothes, you see. Because they have not really uh, experienced anything except the charade that the emperor has, 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 has constructed, the facade that he has constructed. And so that is the difficulty that we face. Um, but you will realize as soon as some of those folks maybe leave the island or have uh, some distance away from the situation, uh, the perspective change radically. I would wager that 80 to 90% of the people who live outside of Dominica look at this government as a dismal failure. Look at this government and believes and and, and says to themselves, how can this be happening? And how is it continuing to happen year after year for 20 something years? But it's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of psychological distance. It's a matter of not being duped with the rhetoric. It's a matter of not being duped with the issue. It's a matter of knowing and expecting different, holding the government to a more professional standard, holding the government to a more accountable standard, a, more, a more, more, more transparent standard. And those things are simply something that citizens have to have within themselves in order to hold the government accountable. But that is part of the problem, the conditioning that so many Dominicans have faced over the many years that it becomes difficult to see through the fog. The fundamental problem with Dominica's economy, pivoting back to that, is, you know, what, what, what is an economy and what, what is wealth? Is the fundamental you know, question we have to always ask ourselves. What is the creation of value? It is the creation of value from human imagination, from human exertion, from human uh, innovation to, to create out of thin air, as it were, um, value. To, to take things that exist in nature or to things that are lying around and to use human imagination to combine those in ways that create valuable products and services. That other humans find valuable. When you create value for other human beings, that is what the fundamental aspect of what wealth is. Something that another human makes another human's life better. And the more things you can create that make other humans' lives better, the wealthier you are, the wealthier your nation becomes, the wealthier your region, the wealthier the world becomes. It's about creating value for the combination, using ideas, concepts, innovation, and combining things and uh, creating resources. Nothing is a resource until a human being finds a use for it. Oil was a nuisance until human beings created an internal combustion engine that could use it. And so it's transformation of nature, the forces of nature, into useful things that humans can use. That is what wealth is, and that's how you create wealth in an economy. And so we have to ask ourselves in Dominica, where is that process happening? Where is the value creation happening? And that is the problem we have on Ireland. There is none, or very little. Not in the agricultural sector. We're not using the natural resources of the sunlight and oxygen and the fertile soils to transform them into valuable uh, foodstuffs that human beings can value. We're not utilizing that. Not in the manufacturing, there's no innovation, no creativity in combining those raw materials into the more complex products and move up the value chain so that we can export those and create value to the rest of the world. Not in uh, the service sector. We do the same things. We do not create new service sectors. As you have heard me say many times, Mr. G, we have not moved into the knowledge economy. We have not looked into cybersecurity, cloud computing, analytics, um, all the aspects that uh, virtual reality and all the things that are now driving the world, social media and all of those things, we have not moved into cons- even conceptualizing that these are service areas that we can provide in Dominica in the digital age. Um, we have missed that boat. And so we are not using any innovation, any creativity. We're doing the same old things. In fact, we're not doing the same old things. We are not doing many of the old things that were valuable. Um, But we're not doing anything new to replace it, and uh, we're going back. And as Mr. Corbett said, in terms of misplaced priorities, I would say we have misaligned incentives with this government. The government really has no incentive to grow this economy. For what reason? We all know that this government makes its money, and and, and it's been alleged that many of the top people at the, the top make their money through the passport sales. That is all that is really important if you're making millions billions of dollars selling passports an easy thing to do it takes no imagination no hard work no creativity sell a password get a cut you're done it takes it's very lazy um why then would they want to spend an effort to build an economy they don't trim off the top of the economy there's no really benefit they create enough things, activity to maintain some semblance of governance and some semblance of winning votes. But in reality, this government is really not invested in creating an economic engine because they have misaligned incentives. That will distract them from the true motivation of getting wealthy through what I call, not what I call, what economics call rental um, income. If you have a resource that's readily available, you could sell it Oil from the ground, in our case, passports from our heritage, then you do and you do not involve the rest of the the, the population. You simply sell it off and you make your cut, you make your money. And that's the resource curse that occurs in many developing countries. Um, And that's what the problem is in Dominica. There is no incentive to utilize, engage, capitalize on the human imagination, the human capital, the ingenuity of our people. This government does not even truly, I believe, fundamentally believe That Dominicans, people of African descent, truly has the capability to build a nation that is thriving and prosperous and innovative and creative. This government, if you look at its budget, time and time again shows no acknowledgement of investing in the human capital and taking risks and believing that the Dominican people can pull off new industries, new ventures, new operations. This government does not believe in the Dominican people. It does not believe in their intelligence, their creativity, their ability to do so. And I believe that's unfortunate and that's shameful because clearly Dominicans have demonstrated time and time again that they're capable, they're intelligent, that if we have a government that believes in what we have between our ears, our passion, our need to strive to create, we have been at the bottom of the barrier for long, Dominicans have a great need to accomplish, to prove to the world that we are in fact bright, vibrant people, we should utilize that. There's the fuel in our belly that any government should tap into and say, yes, we are on a mission. We will overtake those who have been ahead of us and we will be and establish ourselves not only in the Caribbean but as a vibrant black nation worldwide and harness that energy and that passion and that mission. But this government does not, is not interested in doing that, nor do they have the capability of motivating and reaching into a soul because they are not into it for the heart of the thing, to be statesmen and to build us and to lead us and to take us on a mission. That is not what this government is about. And so misaligned incentives, misaligned uh, ideas, and a a management team that has failed miserably, um, I mean, in all aspects, all the negative economic indicators that has been mentioned by my colleagues here very well and pointed out, absolutely points to that fundamental issue. We do not have an economic engine, nor do we have a government who is capable of building one, interested in building one, or even if they tried to be, uh, could build one because their political nature would exclude the best minds, would recruit those with whom they can uh, you know, do shenanigans and corrupt the system of execution. Because in order to create value, you need to have proper execution. You need to have the right people on the right bus and the right seats on the bus and the best people for those seats. But that cannot happen in a system when your interest is maintaining political power, is to man- getting your right people, your crew, to maintain that power. That will create a disincentive for the execution of the ideas that it takes to create um, a vibrant economy. And, and that, that's the situation that we face here. That is the situation that we face, and we'll get a lot more into some solutions and some ideas on how we move forward.
0: I mean, that's a great situation analysis. I mean, we are at that point now where we're going to start now, Thompson, going into the question of solutions the way forward. So we see where we are. We we don't think we want to be where we are. I mean, we have no, we, there's no economy. I mean, our human resources is, 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 you know, the people are either on the side in mendicancy or they, they get out as soon as they can, they're brain drained. Many bright people just, they just leave because there's absolutely nothing there for them. But Thompson, before we, we, we move on into that, I wanted you to, let's let's interact a little bit with our audience where you can give them the numbers and see if somebody, you know, want to call in and make a contribution before we start really going into some solutions and some suggestions for the way forward.
1: All right. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. G. This is the Global View and Q and the numbers to call to get us there, 449-3095-3096. 449-3097 on the DigiLine, 616-4257. If you're calling from overseas, one three zero five four three two nine six two four. 432 9624 Or you can also reach us at 347-349-7431. We would love to hear from you. These are the numbers you call. Now is your chance to interact with the panel and to let us hear from you as well in terms of what your views are. Um, on the state of the economy. All right, we already have our first caller this evening. Good, good good, night to you.
6: Good night to you, and good evening to you, gentlemen. I think good program. Um, good
0: evening. Minute.
6: I think everybody um, hit the nail on the head. We've always said the passport um, business, once it's done properly, above board, due diligence is carried out. It should be like um, icing on the cake but we should not depend on that as the mainstream of economy. We have to have strategy, what we call homegrown economic development in terms of agriculture, services, tourism, and so forth. But this government basically, um, and I think it will refer to them as being the lazy. And they're lazy. I mean, after, I mean, they're into their fifth term. These guys have to be very lucky in a country where people are struggling to be enjoying power like this and still not getting it, you know. Because as far as they're concerned, they're about the, their, their own personal business and not of the people, and therefore did not care whether the country sink or float, but they are doing their business. Because to me, after four, into your fifth term, and the country's rate is economically, I and mean, then young people are going to school, going to college, coming out of there, no jobs. And so forth a struggle and so forth when you advertise for one job anyway the tons of application you get and then <laughs> there is what you call the pull string persons who pull string for their people to get through because it is scarce, and these guys are not getting it so where we are economically and even the budget if you look at the budget the prime minister says that is probably his 19th budget as prime minister minister of finance and it's just like um, a photocopy of the old year, just change a few, a few numbers there, the dates and so forth, and come and say the same thing over and over. I can't understand why the people of Dominica are not taking heed of those things. They remain there, and they tell you in, in, in secret that they are under pressure, you know, but they still stand with these people. So I think we need for our economy to change. We need a new team of persons in government. This guy said, I wouldn't say tired. They just lazy. They're not even tired, they're just lazy and incompetent. And I think it is time that Dominicans give themselves a break so that we can have an economy that is growing, that is growing, that is creating opportunities for people. And the only way that can happen is we have to be new people in the the government seats, in the drive of government, to ensure that people are included, people are involved, and the foresights and the competencies come together to build a stronger economy but good 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 program and i think he also has done very well and i think dominican people are getting it and they will get it and these guys will at one time recognize that they have filled this country and filled
0: it miserably thank you very much
1: all right thank you very much color we appreciate your call certainly yes mr J.
0: yes um thompson i really have to go to you but as I go to you, I want to just point out three things. because We really want to talk about new ideas, new solutions going forward. And I know that, that Julius will talk about the banking sector. Like, I know Ronald will talk about the industry. I know that Bernard will talk about knowledge industries. I mean, we're talking about creative ideas, but some of it is not totally new because we've been there and we've done that. We should be, we should have continued doing it and be doing it better now. right? So if we go back, there's a gentleman from the north who said he got so wealthy in selling crabs that he was able to build some villas so why can't we take his word for it and just why we want to arrest people and charge them for why we want to have a season for crabs why we have so many guys in the in the forestry division and in agriculture what genius is those guys have spoken to, those guys are brilliant they're PhDs. they're brilliant fellas why not challenge them to go out there and listen find a way Go to Taiwan, go to China, and see what they're doing. They're doing it already in those places there. And find that we can, can call it with our crabs. So we have millions of crabs, so that we just we just harvest crabs. And everyday people can just go somewhere and a depot and buy crabs, just like the, inten- the, the intention was for the abattoir. Just go and buy crabs. Listen, Thompson, I'm giving you a simple example. You know crab backs? I don't think there's any country in the world that produces crab backs nicer than ours. None of them, I've never come across it. Our crabs are different. I have crabs in in Florida and so on. They're not the same crab. They don't taste the same way, right? Everywhere you go, Dominicans are making crabbacks, but they haven't got the real crabs that we have in Dominica. Here's the thing. If, can you imagine some little cottage industries, where let us say you have 500, 1,000 women in their homes can do 100 crabbacks a day. How much do one of those crabbacks sell for? $10, how much do they export for you? Maybe they might get four or five US dollars if they sell it overseas. Because every time people come to them, they want to take crab bags with them, they freeze it and they take it back with them. Everybody's looking for crab bags. Can you imagine if you had a 1,000 women at their homes, 100 crabs a day, crab bags a day, and you sell that for four US dollars or three US dollars? That is 300 US dollars a day, Thompson. Can you understand what I'm saying? All we have to do is to simply go out and cultivate the thing in their natural habitat and just rip crabs. Why we want to restrict things and tell people, I'm going to arrest you and charge you if you're taking crabs out. Now, Thompson, in the 1970s, I personally established a garment factory. Sun style, they did. Nuns and son did that before me. They had sun style things, their garments. My Baba. Also, did that before me. She had a smaller thing, but we had 125 people engaging. There are two shifts in a small building. What I'm saying is this when we talk manufacturing, we've done those things. DCP has done it, Blows has done it, Ag- Blows Agro Industries did it. I mean, you know, Essentials Oils did it, Bellow did it. We've done it before. Why not just build on what we have known and done and just do it better? And we have all the modern technology to make it better. All we have to do is go out the market, start from the market and come back to our production to make sure we're competitive. But you know, I just wanted to say this Thompson as we go along into ideas for going forward, because some of them are simple ideas. We just have to use our creativity and go ahead and do it.
1: All right, let's, uh, before I respond, Mr. G, let's go back to the telephones. We want to interact with our callers. Good evening to you
2: good evening mr g and panel
1: yes good evening
2: i first want to congratulate mr Fontaine for outlining the the the, what is needed to re-establish agriculture as a commercial venture in dominica um the investment that is required and i want to agree with mr g that we have to develop industries i remember we were able to get uh marine hatchery that was built on the donkey beach. And the whole idea was to be able to uh, introduce technology to do things like crab farming, to do things like lobster farming. You know, so we have to create high-end product for export um, for, the, for the, tourism, especially the tourism industry in the Caribbean. So yes, that, those opportunities are there. And when we send our know, children to study and they come back with their degrees, that is the kind of um, industries they can they can create um wealth for themselves and, and the country, so yes, that is the way we have to look look at high end um industries that can create wealth for the country thank you and good night
1: all right, thank you, thank you very much, color. We appreciate this appreciate your insight and you know just to continue Mr. G, with the thoughts that you you started to ex- to express i you know that comes back to exactly what Bernard was saying, the lazy government, a government that is not thinking, a government that is not, it's not even making the effort to think. They're not even making the effort, you know. If you look at the budget, they talk about small businesses. Okay, we'll put, there, we'll put a million dollars there. And then they, they, they put a million dollars, and then they still, okay, 5,000 people come for $200 or $2,000, right? You can't build a business with two thousand dollars. You give me two thousand dollars to build a business. It's easier to buy a ticket to go to Saint Martin than it is to start a business. No thought, no thinking. You know. So at the end of the day, the government cannot point. This government cannot point to any single industry that they've started. You know, we have some very resilient small cottage industries like coal port and so on that is there, but they have not even gotten the support. They have they have survived despite the government. Government has not put in resources to help them expand, to help them grow. Nothing. You know, so we, we had we, we had a point where we, you know, the economy is on remote control, really. And there there are certain, and, and the survival instinct is what kicks in. And the point that um, uh, Julius made earlier about our biggest import, yeah, it's true, it's cash. Because, you know, if you take a walk, any... Any day between eight and four thirty in Roseau you will see the longest line in Dominica. It's no longer at the banks; the longest line is outside of the, of the um, uh, you know, uh, what we call this Monogram and, and Western Union. That's where the lines are, because people are receiving a little fifty dollars or hundred dollars from the family overseas, and they have to come and stand up in line for a few minutes, probably an hour, hour and a half, two hours, to await this. They're not out there working. They're not out there um, contributing to economic growth in, in Dominica, but they're, they're importing dollars. And you see in this line also a number of, of Haitians, as Ron spoke up, you know, about, that are out there exporting the monies that they've made from selling agricultural produce to Dominicans. So, you know, it is extremely frustrating to me, you know, as a Dominican, who've spent many years in Dominica and who, who've been able to observe different governments operate, it's extremely frustrating to me. I'm even beginning to think now, Mr. G., that what we need in Dominica, probably we don't we no longer need economists like myself and Ron and so on, or financial people like, like Julius and experts like Bernard. What we need is probably psychologists to understand how can people continue to put in a government that is... So disregarding, you know, but I say that, but every time I say that, I also think of a battered wife. You know, you wonder, why, why, why is this woman, why is this lady staying with this guy that is beating up on her? Or, or you know, and you said, well, she loves him, right? But she, she continues, she's beaten up, she's abused okay. and so on. So you have this battered wife syndrome that we speak about, where people take their blows and they still continue. That's the only way I can explain this government or the support for this government, you know, young people not understanding what's going on, not, um, not getting opportunities, yet they support, some of the best support for this government comes from the young people of Dominica. It is shocking. But we've built a CO economy, we've built a CO generation, and that's what we have. And we cannot build a country like this, you know. So I think, you know, we'll, we have to continue talking, we have to continue reaching out to people, we have to continue appealing to the sensibilities, to the good sense of Dominicans, that we need to make a change, that we need to get rid of this government. That is the beginning of the solution for this country.
0: Um, Thompson, let me just remind you of something. Some time ago, I think it was yourself and Danny Lugi and one or two other people who actually started an initiative where you actually were buying the farmers' produce and then selling it, exporting it? Let me ask you this, Thompson. Instead of giving $160 million to a couple of people who are selling passports, instead of giving that to them as commission, if somebody were to use their head and say, listen, you know something? I'm going to become the new geese in Dominica, and I'm going to just buy. I'm going to tell farmers listen, these are the 25 products that we can market out there. These are the prices at which we can buy there, whether it's fruits or legumes or vegetables or horticulture or whatever it is, right? And every day, there's a depot right there. Every day, you bring those fruits, one the item, one thing with the quality standards, you're going to get paid cash. I mean, do you think there'll be still people driving buses? All the people who drive driving buses used to be farmers at a little plot of land. There's no way they could make as much money driving buses as they could make, working their plot of land, knowing any time they go with their stuff, they're gonna get paid cash right away. They don't have to wait. If you have a, you don't, you don't even need $160 million because if you're buying it every day, it means that you're also going to, to, to sell that right and convert that into cash when you export it right so it seems to me that all you need Thompson, when you mentioned that earlier some kind of insurance facility some kind of you know export credit insurance guarantee facility something and you need the boat you know the insurance you need the boat you need the transportation and you need to go out there and do the work market the product look everywhere around us over here people are buying bananas every day we buy green bananas here, we buy Dash in here, we buy yam. we buy everything here, you know, 10 years. and bananas, ripe bananas every day. There's no, people are just buying that and that flying off the shelves. I want to know why, and it's coming from Jamaica and some other countries, the Dominican, why can't we do it too? Take, even if it's $10 million, Thompson, and just say, I'm going to buy all the family. Can you imagine the kind of cash flow that'll be in the economy? Can you imagine how the supermarkets will see that reflected in their cash registers? Because people have cash flow. I just wanted to throw that, throw that out to you, because you started doing that initiative yourself and Danny Lugit.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it took me seven days, uh, one visit to Martinique, to get this arranged within, within one week. So that tells you that the market is there. And, um, you know, the question is not always was, there, there, there was no limit. There still is no limit to those markets in terms of what they can absorb, what they want from Dominica. They value Dominica, Dominica's products because a lot of it is, is organic or, or, or natural. They value the product because of the quality of the, store, of the soil, the quality of the product. I mean, when, when, when you take the smell of a lime, you can smell a lime from a mile off in Dominica, you know. I was even surprised. I I got some lime, and I couldn't. I had forgotten how lime smelled. You know, just picking up the lime, it smelled, It has this special touch to it. And so the markets are there. You know, they, they again. This government has not shown any interest in the people of Dominica because if it had, Mr. G, the same way that myself and Danny could go there and and get this market and and get produce. And by the way, within within a few months, uh, less than six months. We had brought in close to over $600,000. So, and that was, at, that was doing a fraction of what the others were because we could never get enough to supply. So it seems to me that, that we can do a lot better. This government has not done it for the people of Dominica. They prefer Mr. G to win elections every five years and God knows why this prime minister is so bent on remaining in the power. And how can, you, how can he, when he continues to impoverish the people of Dominica, when he continues to have young people feel like their lives are like a rag going down the river, dirty rag going down a river, and they're, they're useless to society. That's what he's presiding over. Yet he insists on, preside, on presiding over as emperor, as king. Unbelievable.
0: No, Thompson, just before I go over to Ronald, you know, think about this so you started this initiative dominica has done this before i mean i mean i remember when the UK government was there i mean and peter carbon the agriculture minister can call and remind us of what transpired in terms of the of the non-banana produce a big export trade developed there a little earlier on when i was speaking thompson i was introducing i spoke some ideas i put out there agriculture and agribusiness and horticulture I mean, look at what has been happening in zero dairy and so much for horticulture. Why can't we do something about it? You know, we have fruits and legumes and vegetables. We have all of those industries. I don't know why is it that we're struggling so much, spending eighty million dollars on geothermal and we still haven't lit a one light bulb yet. <laughs> why is that happening to us? I mean, think about that, right? I mean, we have no renewable energy industries. I mean, we'll we'll hear what we'll hear from Bernardo later on, in some of those new ideas. The water and natural beverages. We have fruits and so on. Look, Johnson. Every store you go to now, you have it, whether it's the whole food stores or whatever it is. They have all these beverages, and we have beautiful fruits when they're in season. Let's use them. And hit. you remember there was a grapefruit project in Bath Estate. Where they brought all the grapefruits there from the farmers truck and truckloads and they crushed this thing extracted the juice and blast freeze it and it was sold to uh, Puerto Rico and then they the they, 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 they shell the skin not the grapefruit Our farmers used that and fed the animals with it nothing went to waste nothing wasted I'm just saying that there's so many ideas I mean in, in, I think the, one of the callers called earlier and spoke about the prawn farms and so on. that was happening on Donkey Beach, was happening in the Marigot area. These people were doing that already. This, this, you know, freshwater fish. The, why can't we do it again? You know, we have people who are interested, and the young people will go into that. You know, if you give them a chance and show them what to do and give them the markets, right? And we talked about the cultivation of let me just give you, I, I don't want to go too long because really if we have to start talking about the, the entertainment industries, that alone is is a, a big sector. As I said once to somebody, all of a sudden overnight, Rihanna is a billionaire. That lady is a billionaire. Look at this guy. What is this guy's name? He got married to one of the Kardashian girls and I think they got going to be boss or something. Kanye West. Kanye West. Kanye West, I think, is a billionaire too, you know. Kanye West is a billionaire. GZ, I think now, is a billionaire. Why can't we use our head? Why is it that we don't want our people to develop wealth, become wealthy? They can become billionaires too. Real from Barbados. Why can Dominicans become billionaires too? And I'm sure that when Bernard comes to talk, well you tell you you can see right in Dominican work for the world and, and, and become very wealthy right from anywhere in the world you can work. So I'm just saying we've done all these natural herbal teas and spices and medicines. We have not even started talking about the medicinal cannabis industry, Thompson. I mean, we're talking billions of dollars. This to me, I I just cannot understand why we, we blindfolding ourselves and pretending that we cannot see that when other countries all around us are doing it.
1: Yeah, you know, Sheridan, sometimes I am at a loss for words sometimes when I I observe the behavior of our government. It's almost like they have something against the Dominican people. You know, it's almost like your own government that is supposed to be working on your behalf, supposed to be creating jobs, supposed to be creating opportunities, supposed to be creating the environment to help you become wealthy or, or, or gain wealth. They're working against you. In so many ways, projects uh, are taking place in Dominica. Foreign companies and run better than I do. The, the foreign companies. You just have to take a drive down the Cassibrus Road, and you can recognize one of your fellow Dominicans working on those on that project. Major road project in Dominica. Not a single Dominican. You Dominican stand by and see trucks being uploaded, Trucks that Dominicans have in abundance. Local locals invested in trucks because they thought that they could they could move you know stuff from point A to point B and make a living. They have to sit on the they have to sit with their trucks idle whilst trucks are offloaded. Equipment, graders and caterpillars and everything else. This government has does not like the people of Dominica. Because how well do you explain this? How well do you explain a deliberate policy by your government to disempower? to keep down, to prevent from earning a living of its own people. I have not seen that anywhere in the world. Even where governments are repressive, even where governments are diabolical, even where you have dictatorships, they still look after the interests of the people to allow them to earn a bread. That's not the case in Dominica. So the people feel the only choice they have is to leave this country. So we are losing our young people day after day. They are flocking out of Dominica in the thousands because our government is not creating the kind of policies that are required. They are not creating the opportunities that are required. And by, by their very behavior, they are showing a complete lack of respect, a complete lack of you know, confidence in the people of Dominica. And they're working against our interests. And if they continue to do that, then the people of Dominica have to take matters into their own hands and decide: this is not the government that I want to work on my behalf. And that should be the mantra that should be constantly on the mind in the on the on the towns in the thoughts of Dominicans. I do not want this government anymore because they're not working for me. And that is what we should be shouting from Mon Diablote to the lowest point in Dominica.
0: Now, Ronald, I'm going to go to you, but I mean, gentlemen, at this stage of the discussion, jump in anytime, because if you feel that like somebody says well, you want to add value to the country, jump in, don't wait for me to come to you from now on. I think the conversation is going very well and I think it's going to flow very nicely if we just interact with each other as we go forward. Ronald, let me go back to you now. You'll to get your, your mic unmuted. Uh, um. Okay, look, it
3: looks like it's unmuted now. Yes, you're, you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. What has been happening over the last 22 years? The government, has been developing a one-year plan.
0: RONALD, run, hold on a second. Do you have a, a radio or some device that's open that uh, somebody is hearing? getting some feedback? It's getting some feedback. I'm hearing some, some, some reverb in your voice that's feeding back. All right, So right? We, we, we'll take care of that. OK. All
4: right.
3: So what we've been seeing over the last 22 years is a one-year plan. And this approach has not been working for us in Dominica. What we are to do is to develop an integrated development plan. I know that during the time of peer child, some work was done, but since this plan has been withered down into a growth and social protection strategy And no attention is being paid to the strategy. We hear about the the budget and the same ideas every year, over and over and over. No very analysis. So it is high time that we develop an integrated development plan. We look at our natural endowments. We can't get away from agriculture because we've got a lot of rich, fertile soil, water water is the best opportunity for us now in dominica we should be thinking about developing a water bottling plant in dominica either working at joseph and gabriel or working with two other persons i know that are interested in developing a water program in dominica to get water going in dominica we can be blessed with copious quantities of water and we import water from all over the Caribbean. And on, on top of that, we import the plastic bottles. So you've got to deliver plastic waste. We look at Dominica being a, a beautiful nature-based island. What are we doing about that? given that natural endowment. What are we doing about developing the core competencies around those natural endowments to optimize the returns? We've got a lot of brilliant people. And this is the area that... Mr. Ito will be focusing more on IT and so on. We follow up brilliant people. What are we doing? What are we doing to address the negative economic indicators? How are we involving our experienced persons? I've tried my best to make my contribution, but I was never recognized. I know there are a lot of persons, a lot of experienced persons in different fields that are prepared to make their contribution. But for some reason or the other, they've been less stuff. And the only way, the only way we can develop Dominica is for the best of us to take care of the rest of us. We need to develop that integrated development plan. And you, to use the budgetary process on a year-by-year basis to execute development plan. We cannot use our budget, our our one-year budget as a major plan for development in Dominica. What we'll get is marginal or no results. So we need to develop the plan. The first aspect will be economic development. When we look at the growth sectors, we look at agribusiness. I don't speak about agriculture. I talk about agribusiness, agriculture as a business. Agro processing, we look at fishing water water is one of the most immediate opportunities that we have in dominica we focus on the land use planning where are we going to put certain crops tourism if we are to develop our tourism industry we must work on access and product development access is very important and this is one of the reasons why you ran into problem with Roche University. Roche University was a health tourism project. But they had difficulties in getting to Dominica because of the access. And that created problems for us. That's one of the problems that was never with. And the area of information communication technology. How can we use that particular area to grow our economy, programming, software development, How can we use our Chinese friends? Our Chinese friends have been enjoying Dominica. They took over the retail sector. They took over the construction sector. Can they assist us in developing the IT industry in Dominica, the information communication technology in Dominica? And one of the other major areas, and uh, Sheridan spoke about it, is the cultural industry. How can we continue developing our cultural industry, our World Creole Music Festival. How can we work with Creole heartbeat? Creole heartbeat has done a very, very good job recently in resuscitating Caraslipso. That's a product, a very impor- important product, a homegrown product that is exportable and we can bring in people to enjoy that product. Recently, I've been hearing about a young lady called Abia. Abia has made some good quality music on the radio. How can we work with Abia? To ensure that she continues developing. Now we need as part of the integrated development plan, and that's where people like Mr. Mate, Mr. Carbon, Mr. Bellot would come in to to work on the agri business development plan. We, we, We link it with economic development, yet we look at the bigger picture, the agri business development plan land use policy. What, what major crops can we develop in Dominica? Are we going back to bananas? Are there crops that we can develop in Dominica given the whole time to ensure that we have a level of production where we can export? We're not only producing for consumption, we can export using certain marketing plans. How can we use all our Haitian friends in Dominica who are focused on servicing the local market, to assist us in producing a particular agricultural crop that we can export. This is very, very important. Livestock. I heard Mr. Bellot. Mr. Bellot, I, I think he's from, from Sufre area, speaking on one of on Top's programs about livestock and what we can do about livestock. Such wonderful ideas. The guy seems to be so mentally organized with such wonderful ideas. How can we incorporate, how can we involve that quality of thinking in Dominica to ensure that we can ha- enhance our production? This is the major problem. We have a production side problem, and we've got to find a way of enhancing production in Dominica. If we don't enhance production, we'll not be able to service our national debt.
0: Now, we'll Ronald, not- no, Ronald, Jeff Bellot you're talking about. Jeff, Jeff Bellot. Bellot. He's actually in Dominica investing in Dominica in eggs and so on. You know what? He needs now is support. We need to look at the big picture and see, <laughs> sit down with Jeff and say, Jeff, what can we do for you? That is, what we, that is what we did for people when we were at the NBC, Ronald. Exactly. You sit down the bay. We, that's what we did. Tell people, come in, let's sit down and tell us what we then can do. Most, right, right, right. right, right. We look at fisheries. I
3: recall I invested heavily. In a guy in Point Michelle in fisheries in a boat and engine. And the guy said to me, When's around six o'clock and the fish that's start to bite, they're tired, they've got to come in. Can we develop a process at least experiment with free boats that can stay out there for two three weeks? Stay on the seas for two three weeks. And the little boats go to collect and bring them in, bring in the fish. But then you'd have to organize your whole marketing program, your whole support program. But we need to go beyond that subsistence approach to fishing and how we can develop that particular um, area in agriculture. Agro processing. Recently, I saw some energies being put into DCP. We need to put some more energies, some more of that passport money to DCP to bring back this DCP to the level it was before. When DCP was thriving, Mao never slept. Guys used to run free shifts, and people were moving up and down and making money. Money was flowing. Farmers were selling stuff to DCP, and money was flowing. But interestingly, a foreign company saw them as a big competition, came in technically, and got rid of them. But it were not sharp enough to take the necessary action to ensure that that company would stay alive. Interestingly, I saw recently some money's been spent in there, and I would like some more money to be spent in there. What about Bello? Bello has just disappeared. I've got to get my pepper sauce from St. Lucia. Benjo Simos, operating from home. Benjo Simos be on, on, in, can fail exporting containers. What can we do about them? Dominica essential oils. What can we do about those operations? Barney's farms. Jazz Garraway. I'm not a smoker, but fellas smoking tobacco have a big problem now in Dominica. They can't find cigarettes. Jazz Garraway was running a thriving tobacco operation. But suddenly, I, I'm not too sure what has happened. So we need to, to get going in that particular area again. Tourism development. What are we know about tourism development? We, we, we see recently in our main tourism area, you're doing a geothermal development. Is that compatible? You have a tram in there. Where the tram used to be, the geothermal project is there now. Is the geoformal compatible with tourism development and that this is where the integrated development plan comes in we look at the big plan we look at the big picture and see where items fit in how they fit in and what value that they add in the air cultural industries what can we do about our cultural industries come to developing our cultural industries and i'm, I'm suggesting that in each of the major areas we develop a plan a five-year plan with specific targets, specific objectives, five years, 10 years conceptually, 20 years conceptually. But you need a clearly defined plan. And then you link all those plans in the different sectors to your integrated development plan. And the focus has to be on production. How can we produce more and more items? Information communication technology. That's an area of opportunity for us in Dominica. I recall when we were at the NDC, we got somebody from CDB to come to do a study of information communication technology in Dominica. And they recommend that we go upstream. We look at software development and we look at programming. Can we get the Chinese to assist us in developing a program in Dominica that we can teach our young people software development, programming, that we can sell? Chinese companies and develop a relationship with Chinese companies because we have contributed significantly. Yes, the Chinese have done some production Dominica, and I hope that the ambassador is list- listening. The projects are for low standard, they've taken care of all the construction in Dominica, they've taken care of the retail trade. Can you give us something back? Can you give us something back in IT? So, the critical thing that has to be done right now in Dominica is to develop an integrated development plan. If the government doesn't have the resources to do it, let's get the resources from Dominicans, regionally, internationally, or we could get entities regional or internationally to assist us in looking down the road. That one year, one year, one year, it's not working for us. We need to go beyond that and to look at the areas of opportunity. I think one of the major areas of opportunity now in Dominica is water. So all like tomorrow, Central Water Authority, together, other entities, other persons involved in water, should focus on developing a water development program for Dominica. Right. Is right.
0: Uh, Sheridan, so I will stop it. Yes. Yeah, Bernard. Well, I mean,
5: as, 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 as has been said, I mean, I, I tend to think about it this way. I think sometimes we overthink Dominica's problems and Dominica's needs. Mm-hmm. Dominica's economy is about half a billion US dollars, right? Um, not to be disparaging in any way, but basically that's a small operation, right? Dominica is, is is you know, I, I, I work for companies where two or three billion dollars was a division. My division, about 300 people, generated about two or three billion U.S. dollars um, annually. And that was just one division of my company. And so the point is, Dominica really is not a very complex operation. Dominica, for lack of a better word, is, is could be considered a small to medium-sized business. Um, yet, we conceptualize Dominica as this complicated, intractable problem. But it's not. Any decent management team, I will wager could come to dominica from any fortune 500 company and turn this country around within 10 years into a thriving business we have to think of it as Dominican incorporated you do a swot analysis you anal- you analyze your strengths your weaknesses your opportunities and threats you identify your human capital you identify your potential and then your marketing plan your production plan and all of those things and you put it into operation it's not terribly complicated Dominica is a small country of 67,000 people at best. Uh, it's a small company. You need to employ what? Uh, less than 20,000 of those people, maybe 30,000 at best at working age between children and elderly. And so Dominica is a small company, a mid-sized company. And we are stuck in this mentality of this intractable problem, this poor country, this, this malaway situation. It does not have to be so. We have intelligent, capable people who have worked all over the world, the Dominicans all over the world, who have worked in multinational corporations, who have worked in big industries, who understands how to get something done on our, let's call it our corporate headquarters, which is the island. We can do this thing. We can transform this country into a thriving country with a great quality of life. We have our own Creole culture, which is a good vibe, our own way of life, of, of enjoying life, and, and so forth. What we need to do to join to that is economic empowerment. But we can do these things, especially in this day and age where the fourth industrial revolution is underway. Now, what is the fourth industrial revolution? The fourth industrial revolution is the datification of the world. Everything now is about data, analytics, processing, gathering information, analyzing what people want through social media feeds, data scripting, and all those things. That's wonderful because you can train with a focused effort You can train 2,000 Dominicans to send them to university for three, four years to study these things, study data analytics, study um, distributed computing, which is called cloud computing, which is basically using computing resources at a distance. Study things like um, uh, simulations because, no, there's such a dire need for the services around the world. And Dominicans are smart, motivated people. If One resource we have is people who are educated, People who believe in education. We believe in education. Every Dominican is always aspiring to get more educated, to get some sort of education. It's a way out. So we are dedicated to that. We already have that. That's a national resource that's on tap. The, What is that resource? Our desire and our appreciation of learning and knowledge. We have that. So we need to tap into that. What we need to do is to focus it through intelligent analysis of what the world needs and people who understand that world who can walk in this corporate hall hallways and says cut those deals with these companies and make those things happen outsource those jobs to vendors in dominica develop these companies entrepreneurs venture capital funds so that we can do this thing india has done it their diaspora population has 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 gone back to india and has started up and and catapulted and catalyzed an entire the knowledge economy in India, and they're moving along. China has done the same thing. Many of the people came back from the United States and so forth and did it. This is not terribly difficult. If you can get 3,000 Dominicans trending in those industries, a focused national effort, earning on average 60000 70 thousand US dollars a month, a, a, a year, um, you could generate upwards of um hundred 200 Hundred and fifty to two hundred million US dollars, which is almost a third of our current economy. All you need to do is generate three thousand jobs. Generate what fifty companies that can outsource um back end insurance processing, data analysis for, for for banking industries, engineering companies, reverse engineering. Those things are there in spades. The need is there. The shortage of of the workforce globally is intense and only getting worse.
1: Indeed. Indeed, and, and that you know, and that we
5: speak, this
1: and Bernard also, we speak English and we have the communications infrastructure that can support what you're talking about.
5: Absolutely. Not only do we speak English, people love our accent. So when you speak and you engage with Americans, they're, they're enthralled. We are, we are unique and exotic people to them and they love it. Um, and um, we are right there in the backyard, in a beautiful tropical nation. What CEO, what executives would not want to come and spend the time with the team on a tropical island? Absolutely. So we've got to but, uh, but, uh, package of what it takes that we have and put it all together. We have minority business opportunities as well. We have we are, we are people of African descent and there are programs for this. There are myriad opportunities. But as I said, an intelligent management team will do a SWOT analysis, identify the opportunities, Weaknesses, threats, the opportunities, and put together a comprehensive development plan. As ron is saying, we need an IDP, and put those things together so that we have all those things running. That engine is built, and it spills over because now those people can buy more agricultural products. We can become food sufficient. Spend more on entertainment. Spend more on building vehicles, entertainment, restaurants, and so forth. This multiplier effect is well known economics 101
1: all right so can we
5: we take is a fundamental economic engine
1: okay can we take a a few callers now i mean we have some that i've been trying for the past few minutes to get into the conversation good evening caller
7: Uh, good evening to you dr fountain
1: yes very good evening
7: and good evening to the rest of the panel ronald mentioned essential oils so while he was doing that while he was speaking out of curious curiosity i decided to make some research and I, I noticed that they said from 2017, the demand for baleaf oil, no, I, I researched baleaf oil, I just baleaf. The demand for baleaf oil has increased in the world. They also went on to say that Dominica was producing more than 85% of the um, baleaf oil that the world needed. That was then that we know the baleaf palm um, industry is dead now. And it also said that a gallon of bay leaf oil sold between thirty-five to ninety U.S. dollars. So I, I like to think think big. So I multiply that at the at the at the um, for the highest price of ninety U.S. dollars, and I noticed that was, that would be one million one hundred and two thousand five or five hundred dollars or the 4,500 4, gallons of, of billy oil. Let us suppose we go into the billy industry big and have a modern um, distillery in La Plaine or, or Petit Savant. You know what that can do to the economy of Dominica, how it can transform the lives of the people living in that section of, of, of Dominica, and by Dominica in extension. And just bailiff oil, I researched I didn't go into patchouli or um, vective oil, or, not vective, what is it? Lemongrass. I didn't go into lemongrass entry. I just um, researched the bailiff oil. So I just thought I would just share that with the panel. All
1: uh, right, excellent. Thank you, caller. We have, let's take uh, another of your calls.
3: There. What based on what the caller just said there. No, do you know I, what time run, at the run, NDC? Run, hold on.
0: Let's let take the calls while we have them. Okay. okay. Right. Yeah.
1: We've lost the the caller. So Ron, uh, you can go ahead.
0: Yeah,
1: we got We got it. Yeah. Ron, okay. you can go ahead. We've lost the caller.
0: Yeah, yeah. What, what, I... Do you
3: know what time at the mdc We we got um somebody from the Centre of Development of Industry, that's an EU-based entity, based in Belgium coming to come into dominica to work with dominica essential oils mm-hmm. because the essential at that time was selling for around 50 60 US. dollars a pound, and the guy was looking at ilan ilan looking at patchouli oil and trying to transform the Dominica essential oils entity not only to export the raw material but to transform to add value to the raw materials in dominica but all this has gone astray
1: all right let's go back to the telephones uh julius just one one second let's take this caller then we'll come to you good good evening caller
3: good evening how are you
8: doing
1: all right doing well thank you
8: yes this is a very very um great subject tonight i really am reading a lot what i am suggesting is that we need to bring our minds together we should not depend on the government set up a good private sector system so we can bring out all the wealth and the talent that Dominica has and we can develop that. The other thing is the other thing is that I remember listening to the budget and in the budget the Minister of Finance said that he's going to put in a hundred and something thousand dollars into marketing and he's going to put people all over um in the in the in tortola in (laughs) antigua in the different countries to do some marketing but when you check (laughs) can you do marketing without (laughs) doing a market research Uh, and and beginning to understand who is going to transport the produce to the market Mm -hmm. the first thing you should think of is to do a market research Not just say you're going to put market, you're going to look for markets in different countries, but you should first look for do a market research on who is going to transport the produce to the various markets. I just want to leave that there, and I want to say that Dominica, we can Dominica is very rich, and I know there is so much we can do, especially in agriculture, because our soil. Is great. The taste of our food is great. Everything is about Dominica. It is just great. So I want to say that we need to get some people together, some, some of us together, and see how we can we can develop agriculture and not just depend upon the government.
1: All right, thank you, thank you very much, Carla. We appreciate your input very much, Julius. Uh, you were saying before we got interrupted uh, there, before we got yeah, the scholar.
4: The, I think we've dealt on so many topics tonight here that um, <laughs> I think we have virtually killed, um, exhausted it. But um, one of the things that we have not seen, I haven't seen, is uh, a national economic policy for Dominica. Have you, have you guys seen one? Of the national economic development policy dominica i have not read that and if we don't have that then what do we use as a yardstick to measure where we go so that's one one of the questions i would have raised um there is a good relationship that exists between dominica and the people's republic of china why can't we bring in an assembly plan set up an assembly plant mm-hmm. And have all our young people live in the college and learn how to assemble things you know so these are these are things I think we could put in place. Um, we talk about the creative industry. I recall that um, at the aid bank we, there was a certain amount of monies that was set aside for the musicians, but access to these monies were were difficult talk to uh, Matt Marie and his guys have said to you, man, it's like pulling teeth to get a few hundred thousand dollars, a few hundred dollars, to, to develop the industry. So I think uh, what is happening right now is that, given the fact that there is not a national economic policy in place, the government does things like you you know and whatever they think is work and is going to install them or keep them in place as the head of government or they run the country, they will do it. So Bernard, you're right. There's, there's a misalignment between what the government should be doing and what they're actually doing. And is a, a huge disrespect for the community because if I hire you to do a job for me and you're not performing, then you have to go. Uh, this government is treating Dominica as their real estate that they own it, and they do whatever they feel like. They put whoever they want in positions that they can manipulate and manage. But that is not doing much good for the country's growth and development. So what we have to do right now is to go through a system of education. We've got to educate the people. We've got to make the people understand that you cannot continue eating the same food if not you don't try something else. Yeah. So you got to educate them to, to understand that maybe you should start trying something new. Maybe that would put more and more money in my pocket. Maybe I can educate myself and my children. Because right now, from what I understand, I don't live in Dominica, but most time I talk to friends back home. They use the things that we in down. Just look at recently, just a few days, uh, two days ago, the government came out with uh, an increase in petrol, in petroleum gas. I would have thought the government would be prepared to give some type of subsidy to help to reduce the cost of petrol. What is going to happen, Lord Thompson, is that the bus drivers were going to start charging the people for more, to transport them from Roosevelt to Portsmouth. So their expenses will have increased, but the income still stagnant or does not rise with inflation. So, so I see a lot of problems going through the horizon. That costs are increasing, income remains stagnant, and a government that does not have a policy in place to reverse those
0: trends. Right. Thompson, you have any calls at the moment? No? OK. But listen, um, we have to take the long-term view, because when we talk in planning, we're talking about integrated development plan. There are many plans um, gathering dust on many shelves all over the place. Some of them are good. Some of them are not so good. Some of them are better than others. But the fact of the matter is you have to take the long-term view. My long-term view for a nature island of the Caribbean is that we have to go renewable energy. Because if, for example, you were to go solar, for example. I mean, you would know, Bernard, I mean, if you invest so much capital in this thing, and then after a while, once you have recovered your capital, it means it's free energy because you've recovered the capital. So everything you get from it after that is kind of like free, right? Because you amortize everything, you repaid everything. So anything you get, no, you don't have to pay anything back from that, maintenance costs and so on. But this is the point. If we're going to go uh, as a nature island, we're going to go organic in our know, production, of, in our agriculture, in our agribusiness, which is where we ought to go. Then obviously, we have to ensure that we don't widen no our carbon footprint. We want to make it as small as possible. And the, the thing is, there's people in the world who will pay you money just to reduce the size of your carbon footprint. Mm. They're giving you money to do that. Thompson would know that. And so if, we, if we, we use our thing, and somebody mentioned, was it Ronald Lander, who mentioned the question of the CDI in Brussels? I went to the CDI in Brussels, and I went with Peter Azil, And we went to discuss, we asked them to find a, a partner for us to do a, a shoe manufacturing project in Dominica. They found an Italian company for, in those days, Italian shoes was the best thing in the world, right? Found an Italian company and we agreed to do a project. And you know what, you know why they were able to do it? They said, we have our export credit insurance guarantee facility, called it Sace. It means they cannot lose because if something goes wrong, they send us the equipment and the materials and so on to the initial thing to set up. We'll pay them back over time. But the point is, if things will go haywire, the insurance, export insurance facility covers that. That is why I think the insurance thing is so important if we want to build our export sector. Very important. And you see, this misplaced disrespect for entrepreneurs is really misplaced because our entrepreneurs are proved, when you start thinking, Ronald, about essential oils and Blue's Agro Products and bello and all of those people there, who did candle industries and all of those people who, you know, did all those things. These are Dominican entrepreneurs. Oh dear us not to have confidence in them? Do you think that we can do a special dispensation for them, special facility for them? Why should some people be able to get millions and millions of dollars to build hotels? No collateral. They're just raking in money. And then in addition to giving them a free hotel, you still give them commissions. You tell them take 160 million dollars or whatever it is, and put that in your pocket. Although you have a hotel, put that in your pocket. Why can't we take 100 million and say we're going to buy all the farmers' produce, all, and put wealth in every single community in Dominica where all the farmers are? Right? Give them money. Let them let them sell their product you know that they will bring product and that they will get the, the cash right away. So you give them the money to get going, right? Set up all the cultivars and set up whatever distribution mechanism. Build the feeder roads because there's a lot of land that is unoccupied still in Dominica. Why not open those lands in feeder roads? Good feeder roads so that more lands can be opened up so you can get more farms. Virgin soils I'm talking about, you know, if you're talking organic. Nothing been planted except trees. Why not? So I'm saying these ideas are there. It doesn't take, it doesn't rocket science. When you listen to Bernard talking about the knowledge industry, that's not rocket science. Most of the people who are working in um, Silicon Valley, most of them would, that would probably be Indians. I imagine Bernard. A lot of Indians and some Chinese working those those things. Now these people have come. They're getting wise. And they name have gone back. To to, to India and China and set up their own Silicon Valley thing there. That's what is happening there. You know why can't we do the same thing in Dominica? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm telling you, in, uh, pro- 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 proportionally,
5: we probably have not much less than that proportion of Dominicans working in those fields to the proportion of a society, as Indians in those fields to the proportion of the society. So we have we have the human capital out there to, if we have a focused strategy to do it proportionally.
0: You know what, Bernard, one of the things I think we should do, as I said to you know, this, we need to bring some people like yourself, you know, like-minded who have the expertise. Let's do a show just on those knowledge industries. Because it seems to me that the young people who might be hearing us might be wondering maybe, what exactly are they talking about? And they may not understand the real opportunities that are there, you know, to make real decent wages. They don't have to leave Dominica. They could probably stay right at home. In Dominica to have a good internet connection and, and do the job and make money. Imagine you living in Dominica. Yeah, go right ahead, Bernard. No,
5: I said that's right. I mean, I'm sitting here right now in Dominica doing my job and doing it perfectly well as long as I wish. So, I mean, that's the, that's the new world we've transitioned to. And, but Dominica has always missed the boat on those transition periods especially in economic development. We missed the transition in 2000 to the IT era. We're kind of behind on all of this. We, we, we just always remain consumers of those technologies. We never believe in ourselves and understood that we could be producers of those technologies, but we can. We missed the boat in 2000 when the IT age was there. Now that we move into the data age, which is a different manifestation more service oriented we're missing the boat again on this fourth industrial revolution. But that's the kind of things that we need to have antenna and people who can scan the horizons and understand opportunities for us and go out and make those things become realities. And, and that's, we, again, we're missing the board again, because we have blind, um, non-innovative, non-creative, non-engaged leadership that are simply, simply, that's, that's a list of the concerns, honestly.
0: Yes, so Thompson, uh, we're we coming to the point where we're going to be winding down soon. I, I know you, you, you need to get to bed yeah, I know you're you, you're planning to go and sit in again for that in the morning, so you don't want to take away all of your, your 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 sleep time. So Thompson, i I wanted to go back to you, let's 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 just have our last sort of um comments as we as, as you know as we start to say our goodbyes. I mean, we, we won't that will not be your final word. but I, I really feel that um we've touched so much ground. And really, when you think about it, especially, Ronald, you and I have worked together on matters, and we know how things can happen. You see, it takes a certain kind of person who has an implementation-oriented mind. You would know that, Bernard. I mean, some people will write a paper, but they may not be able to take it off the paper and flesh it out and tr- trans- transform it into a reality on the ground, because that is not their forte. They're very good at developing something. Somebody else is very good at implementing. And then the implementation strategy is key. That person understands it. Thompson, you want to take a call?
1: Yes, let's take this caller on the overseas line before we come in. Good evening, caller.
9: Yes, good evening, gentlemen. Um, I guess I'm the last caller for the night. Um, Good program. But but let me just make two observations quickly. Um, One has to do with our debt-to-GDP ratio and i think ron mentioned it uh that currently we stand at one point something billion dollars so if if any one of you on the panel can easily and i guess my friend corbett can do the calculation with a population of 60 65 70,000, do the mouse and, and tell us how much each dominican owes because that's a debt to the country and it's a debt that carries over um, as as a as an individual, if you go to the bank and you carry more debt than income, you're not viable for 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 the bank to lend you. And the same would apply to the maker. The more debt we carry, the less likely we appear as viable. All the ideas that came out this evening are great ideas, excellent ideas, but like anything else. As I think Bernard said, if you have a CEO that cannot perform and function, no matter how many ideas you give him, he's not able to deliver. And the only the only, um, the only alternative you have is to replace the CEO, remove the CEO. Um, it, it's no different to you having a bad tooth in your mouth, no matter how much you treat it, it's a bad tooth. You have to extract it. Like one of the Californians had a song, TVO, And to me, that seems to be the only option, unfortunately, that we have to replace what we have with persons who have the political will, who can come in and manage and change along the trajectory from where we are to where we need to go as we approach our 50th year as a young nation. So if we continue carrying that kind of debt, if our debt to GDP ratio is now at 111 percent. That is what it was in 2021. I mean, come on. What are we talking about? So I just wanted to make those brief observations, but very good program, and I'm listening, guys. Good evening.
1: All right. Thank you, and, and, and I did the calculations mentally. <laughs> You're talking about each man, woman, and child owing $22,850. $22,850. Dollars for every man, woman, and child in Dominica. So, if you have a family of ten, you're owed over two hundred and twenty thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. Uh, that's given the average incomes. We, we, we have very few people. I mean, when you think about it, Bernard. You know, the average uh, public servant makes about twelve by, by fifteen. That is ten by fifteen. That's uh, that. That is fifteen. You're not even talking about thirty thousand dollars a year, you know. <laughs> so if you're if you're owing twenty two thousand, then you're in serious trouble. I mean, that is how bad it is in Dominica. So I have a problem with the with the very low wages that are being paid. The fact that public servants have not been able to benefit from a, a salary increase that 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 will at least keep them up to the level of inflation. We have not seen that. So public servants are poorer today than they were last year or even the year before. Public servants are becoming increasingly poorer. So all of our hardworking police officers, our hardworking firemen, our hardworking teachers, our hard and long-suffering nurses, they are getting poorer and poorer every single month. And we must do something to address this. We must do something to address this very dangerous situation that we find ourselves in, where the people that we, we depend upon for service, for quality services, whether it's in health or in public safety and so on, that these people are suffering. And this needs to be addressed. And, you know, Mr. G, as you said, we've covered a lot of different grounds. I don't want Dominicans for one minute to believe that we are pessimistic. I believe that there is hope that we have enough persons who are sufficiently concerned about Dominica who are prepared to do the right thing. What we have in Dominica is a cabal, is a group of a, a small group of men and women who somehow have decided that Dominica belongs to them, and who somehow have decided that they will cream off the top. They will then enrich themselves at the expense of the large majority of Dominicans, so that our our Dominicans, um, the average Dominicans, if they're given a home, they're given a a roach-infested apartment that they can they can they can occupy um, apartments that. Uh, you know, I was in, in, in Emsall earlier today, and, and I'm looking at the apartments. You, you know, you can see there the, are the, the cuts in the, in the building. I don't know what is causing these cuts in the building, Mr. G. You are an engineer. You can probably tell me what is causing that. You know, those holes I'm seeing appearing in the apartments. You know, the, the, there are some people in Dominica who actually believe that's the best that our people deserves, And we are here to say no. We are here to say that there is a better way. There is a better a better um, future for dominica but that future starts with the people of dominica seriously taking the decision to get rid of this government that's where it has to start until that happens we're continuing as they say proverbially to spin top in more And you know how difficult that is
4: Yeah. on uh, um, the last caller about a debt. Um, debt can be divided into two types of debt, uh, bad debt and a good debt. Uh, a bad debt is written off as bad, and a good debt does something. So in the case of Dominica, if you say a debt is growing at, at a geometric level, you would believe that that debt is being accompanied with a group of income, or group of something. But it's not happening. You're building debt, but at the same time you're not seeing what's taking place with this debt. That makes it a bad debt. And when there is a bad debt on a book of any organization or institution, as, as Bernard would know, you um, your running into bankruptcy. So some at some point, Dominica might become bankrupt. Has anybody thought about that? What if what if, for example, we do not have access to the CBI funds that seems to be contributing some 55% right now of our revenues? What happens?
1: What happens what happens Robert, is that um, if we if we wrote of CBI funds, we cannot service that debt, we That's will not be able to service the debt.
5: Not only can we not service the debt, we can't service our recurring expenditures. If if the CBI funds were to disappear tomorrow, Dominica would be immediately plunged into a major depression. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, there'll be us in the streets. That Dominica is correct really because really the spending really and really and for
1: people to understand that the spending is one billion dollars and a billion dollars is one thousand million dollars. That's what a billion dollars is, and that's our spending. One thousand million dollars, right? And our recurrent revenues from taxes and so on is just three hundred thirty thousand uh, dollars. I mean, million dollars, three hundred thirty million dollars. So that means effectively almost over close to seven hundred million dollars. You'll need to find somewhere. Yeah. You know, right now it's coming from a mixture. About five hundred is coming from CBI, and another two hundred from more borrowing. But you
4: know, I noticed. I'm sorry, to cut you off. Mm-hmm. That, but I noticed that one of the biggest revenues from in the last, all oh, it came from a motor vehicle, and driver's license. <laughs> so is that what we want in the motor vehicle business? That's what, how we make our money: driver's license and motor vehicle license. It's unbelievable. You see, the domestic income.
0: See, Julius, uh, a little earlier on, you know, when I spoke about the question of disrespect for our entrepreneurs, I mean, what if we took, let us say. Half of you know, just a 50 percent of that debt instead of having put it into wherever we put it in, and it has not produced anything that is generating revenue from what I can see, otherwise, we wouldn't still have that debt, we'd have been paying it down. If we had invested that in some of our entrepreneurs in agriculture, in agribusiness, in the cannabis industry, in manufacturing, and so on, in water, and so on, as Ronald said, this. This specific sector activities would have been generating revenue, creating wealth, you know, because people, Dominicans, would be getting salaries instead of foreigners getting salaries. Dominicans would have the equipment in their exactly. factories and so on, right? Instead of all this money going out, it would be staying right in circulation, and you'd see it reflected in the cash registers in Absolutely. the stores around Roseau. Absolutely. This is the point I was making. I'm saying that we need to take a chance on our people. Why is it that two chaps, we have enough confidence to give them a hundred and something million dollars, and we're telling our people, well, go to the aid bank and try to get this money. And we we don't even say to them, well, look, there is a matching credit facility or something. Maybe if you come up with so much, we can match that with a grant or something. But we tell them you have to go and find and they cannot access the money and that is the problem and uh, and they ought not to be having problems because two
4: things one the government through the eastern caribbean partial credit is has guaranteed that and and so you have the full faith and credit of the government in addition it is being backed by cash the government has a massive amount of cash outside offshore jurisdiction there's no one indoor niggas my um, and microfinancing is perhaps one of the areas we should be focusing a lot on, on Bernard you know and, and Thompson because that's what really generates you can small businesses I do not see can you con? I, I said earlier in my in my opening remark that the tax base for example the system is that $30,000 tax on uh, income is tax-free so the government hasn't. So if you, if how many people in Dominica earning thirty thousand dollars a year? So it seems to me, Dominica is very gradually becoming a tax haven. So if you're creating a tax haven, what is, what are you um, substituting with? I don't know.
0: Right, gentlemen. You know, like everything else, you know, all good things have to come to an end. I think we had a, a very good exchange tonight. So I want to just go around the table instead of have you make your closing comments and so we can start winding down. Uh, Ronald, let me go to you first. Yes, 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 Sherry. We've got to find a way
3: of generating an integrated development plan for Dominica. We need to bring the resources together to get that going. We've got the financing from CDI to execute that plan. But more importantly, we need to get the best minds in all the different areas, within agriculture, tourism, health, education, IT. Let's put a plan together. That one-year, one-year, one-year budget is not working. Every year you come with a one-year plan, and you're going around in circles, it's not working.
0: No, Well, well not only that, not only it's not working, Ronald, what is happening there? the laws are not being observed we're yeah. supposed to go through the tender process but instead what you have is that you have estimates or guesstimates so in most cases when you go to the budget you have all these budget estimates i'm not sure what they're based on because within three four five six months after the you budget, supplementary you have no supplementary, supplementary
3: comes on very
0: soon so what How were these estimates (laughs) arrived at? So, if, for example, you were going with tenders, obviously, whoever is going to bid would have to provide the estimates and then you look how sound those things are. But I mean, if we do this without, then how do we know what's going on? And then when I'm talking about coming back for the supplementaries, I'm not talking about like a a 5% over on (laughs) you. I'm talking about all like 50, 60, 70% more you're asking for. And to me, there is something fundamentally wrong with that. And we need to fix that, all right? We need to fix it. So, all right, so, um, well, Julius, your, your, your final word? I
4: um, just want to say th- um, thank you for having me. I've, I am not given to give up on Dominica. I will never do that. I believe we can continue to, as um, John Lewis, the. United States Congressman would say you gotta be, be be out there making some good noise. And unless Dominicans have to learn to start making some good noise, the authorities would not listen to them. So I think they should go there and make some good noise. I believe that the government um should be able to provide the cash collateral for this micro enterprise so um they don't go have difficulty in accessing these funds that's available to them. At the banks, uh, whether institution, um, the credit union, or the, any bank, because the government does have the funds to support the guarantee. So, if it's the, the, the access to credit is, should not be an issue, I do believe that there should be a national economic development policy that we all should know about. And the final note I'd like to make here is that the audit report that is being circulated should be addressed to the citizens of Dominico. And the Prime Minister should ought to go to Parliament, rather than arguing the opposite, and to explain to the people why these problems have, are happening under his watch, and what does he do to reverse those trends. He has to do that. It is responsibility. Thank you.
0: Yes, and, and Bernard, what I would say is that I'm not pessimistic at all about Dominica's no. possibilities and potentialities. We just listed a whole set of industries. All we have to do is as as say, let's make a plan. Let's think long term, right? Make a plan, and then your budgets will address that. And whatever revenue streams you have, have to address your priorities in that plan. And if you're looking for income-generating activities, export-led activities, foreign earnings-led activities, that are people-centered, if you decide you want Dominicans to generate wealth, and they're going into production, they're going to add value to your natural resources. You have to have confidence in your human resource because it is clear that you have a lot of bright people in coming out of Dominica. These people are going into countries like United States and so on and doing well and working well for many companies and making them fabulously rich. We need to show confidence in our people and take a chance on them, right? so this is the point i'm making bernard so i'm not optimistic i'm not pessimistic at all if we were to just focus our attention on doing the things that we're talking about doing here tonight developing those ideas knowledge industries and all of that dominica has a bright future if we do the right thing oh
5: i i am with you i am with you i am not uh pessimistic at all about dominica i'm, I'm hugely optimistic i'm excited about dominica Uh, The problem in Dominic is not Dominicans necessarily or or, our economic situation or our potential and our abilities. As I said, we have awesome resources. The most awesome resource we have is the people who are dedicated to knowledge and education acquisition and the people who are hungry to be successful. Uh, We also have people who are hardworking, right? We We have what we need. It's about human imagination and capability. It's not about natural resources per se. Everything can be made into a natural resources if, if you have enough dedicated and uh, motivated people. Look at Singapore. They had practically nothing. Look at Japan. Almost no natural resources. What they did have is a highly motivated people with, with well-educated to use knowledge and ideas to combine things in the natural world to create value. So I am hugely optimistic about Dominica. I'm excited about the possibilities of Dominica. Dominica has a small population that's actually an advantage. We can do this thing. We can build an economy that works by exporting to the world. We don't have to depend on a small population as a market. We need to think the world is a market, but we have a small population to make wealthy, which is a good thing. China had a much more difficult proposition, one point something billion people, when they they pivoted in 1978, the same year that we got independent, they pivoted to a new paradigm, a new way of thinking about the world. And today... They have lifted almost a bi- half a billion people out of poverty and are way on their way to becoming the world's super economic power. But they did it with new ideas, new conceptualizations, new leadership, leadership maniacally focused on national growth, national success. And that is what we need. That's Dominica's problem. I'm not optimistic, pessimistic about Dominica's opportunities. We simply need to get rid of this government. This government is incapable of doing it and and also when we talk about these ideas and p- folks say well they could take the ideas and this but steal the ideas. no they cannot because it's not a matter of simply hearing the ideas it's a matter of executing the ideas and having these sort of motivations and the the people who can execute the ideas but you will not have the people who can execute it because people need to be people who are compliant to the to the to the to the, to the, the you know to to, to milking things people who will go along with this and so the infrastructure of of, of execution is corrupted uh, or, 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 or compromised. And so they can hear the ideas, but they cannot execute it because they do not have the, the the human infrastructure and the motivation and alignment to pull this off. So I'm not at all pessimistic about Dominica. I'm very optimistic. We can do this thing. We have the people. We have the capabilities. We have people who are to need to understand how to build teams. It will be a team effort across all of Dominican society. We need team building. People who understands how to build a team and understands the 21st century. That's what we need, to lift our eyes up, to believe in ourselves as Dominicans, that we can do big things, not little things. We can do big things. We can be a little Switzerland. Why not? We have the opportunities. We have to believe in those things so that we have the fire and energy and the fuel in our belly to go out there and make them happen and believe in ourselves. That is what we need. That's what we need to ignite, and we need the right leadership that can ignite that sort of passion who can ignite that sort of possibility? Who can plan and execute and understand business and make these things happen? I am usually a put, a put uh, a, you know, feel very good. and am very, very, up, um, you know, uh, grit, and and uh, on on all what we can do. I, I am, I am, I am not at all pessimist. Right. So uh, we can make these things happen, and we just have to go out and get the right people in place, and that includes at the very top level. So we can get on with business and realize the future we always know is possible.
0: Right. I mean, and out of every disadvantage, some advantage can be, out of every negative thing that's happened, some positive can come. And I mean, you hear about food security and food insecurity everywhere. You hear about water shortages. We have good soil. We have good water. It's an opportunity for us if we decide to really use our human resource. And when we talk, Thompson, about using our human resources, we're not by any means talking about only Dominicans in Dominica. I think we're talking about Dominicans worldwide. And if we look at it, that really is a tremendous amount of expertise. We have Dominicans working in all walks of life and some in fairly high-level positions. So I don't think we need to be frightened about the... When we talk about Singapore and so on, I mean, if you look at per capita, we we're probably doing just as good in terms of human resource. But we're not using the full potentialities of our human resource. And that is what we need to do. We need to embank that, right? because that is money, you know. That is money. Because when people like like the, the aloes people, and, and at one time, a lot of pineapples coming out of Dominica, the Vective and patchouli, all this thing, the bay oil, and all of that, it is people who are doing those things. And look, these people knew that if, for example, you're going to do the coal compress, is a lot more value than if you use the heat extract, right? So. I mean, all those things, the, the people knew that, and they were doing it in piedt doing it in Daly's, doing it in Lapland, and so on. So, Thompson, I mean, we, 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 don't have, we don't have to be pessimistic. We have to be very optimistic, but it is clear. And I've gone on record and said this, and I'm going to say it again tonight. The fact of the matter is, in any democracy, for democracy to thrive and do well, you cannot have a government, one government in office for so long. I firmly believe in two term limits. I I will support it at any time. And you don't want to leave a government for 20 years and then they start playing the fool. So it seems to me that we have to come to grips with that. You have a lot of young people out of capability and they've been kept out of the loop. When you have hear people talking about, and I listened to Margelle um, yeah, my, 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 this young chap in Jamaica is Dominican. M- Marshall, this man is an expert on the cannabis thing. He's all over the place, helping out all the region. And we, we're not even using the man here in Dominica. So it seems to me that we, we need to do something about utilizing all of the potentialities of a human resource, no matter where they are. Thompson.
1: Yes, indeed, Mr. G, I'm hugely optimistic like you, like Bernard, like like um, Mr. Cobert, like like Ron, um, but let's be honest with ourselves. It's been 22 years of hell in this country. 22 years of hell. But my optimism comes from knowing that there, that change is coming to this country, and that we can take a leaf out of the page of the Chinese. I mean, China got through its transformation when its diaspora population began to return with their skill sets and, and, and they were given incentives. They were made to feel a part of it. We've, we've seen it in, in India as well. Usually um, educated and powerful workforce that went back to India and started to form companies and so on. We can have the same in Dominica. And then we become the envy of the world because who does not want to be able to, to leave work and, and drive for five minutes and they're on the beach? Or live, uh, you know, live, work, and drive for 10 minutes and they're in some glow show somewhere. Or live, work, and drive for a few minutes and they, they're, they're in some ice-cold river water, <laughs> you know. So we, we are going to have a better country that is the envy of the world where more people want to come because it's, it's convenient, it's an island paradise, it is, it's in the imagination of everywhere. When people tell me, when I tell people I'm from the Caribbean, they go, What? <laughs> you know, paradise. You know, they, yeah. So you get the picture. So you know, we we have gone off the tracks a bit for the past twenty years. We've, we've gone. We, you know, as we say locally, no point And 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 part of this was 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 just the bad governance that we've had. Terrible governance, wasteful spending, no imagination. Um, disregard for the people of Dominica, dealing the people of Dominica with contempt, saying I don't need to perform; that I can, at the end of five years, I can just go get a group of people, come and post my will. Complete madness. That is what we've had for the past 22 years. Changes coming, but let me end, Mr. G, with with the words of uh, some of our of our people who, who who joined us on on you know live, and there were hundreds of them tonight. And let me just read two as we close. One person says, all of these ideas are great. However, this is not the government's priority. They do not have the political will to implement any of the ideas. Like we would say in local parlance, they have no more lalin to manage the economy. And someone else says, it took way too long for us to have recognized this downward spiral. This current government is not visionary. Nor do they have any economic or financial bone in their body. Utter failure. Good night, Dominica.
0: And uh, but you forgot to read one of them that I'm seeing there. It says, um, "Dr. Thompson for Prime Minister." <laughs> some reason, for some reason, you failed. Well, probably you not see it. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding but um but it is there somebody did write that on facebook there but you know gentlemen uh, i really i mean it's it's good when we talk about those things i mean ronald and i i'm sure ronald and thompson have had this conversation we've had some conversations with bernard we are none of us pessimistic we're all we we know the potential there is it's just a matter for us to do the right thing so i started tonight talking about the question of management you know and the question of the report card I mean, there's absolutely no way that you're going to have an, an organization running and for 20 years you're showing deficits the and your debt's going up all the time. You're going to make some changes. Nothing against anybody who and in the incumbents that are in office now. Absolutely nothing. I mean, as a matter of fact, it's, Dominica is so small, we're one people. All of us together one people. It's just a pity that we cannot find a we just put all of our heads together And not discriminated by saying, oh, I can't work with that person because they're not in that camp or they're not in that color. It does not serve the country well. The economy is going into shambles because of that. I mean, and so we have to find a different path. Wherever we made the wrong turn, let's reverse. Go back in that intersection and take the right turn. Bring everybody together and do the right thing. Because it seems to me that it is really not serving us well at this point. And I, I'm hoping that the policymakers are listening. And as we said every time, no malice, no, no we're not looking to do anything malicious. Or, you know, it's just we say this is the right thing to do. And let's do it. Embrace everybody, bring them in. No man is an island. And you cannot tell me that you might think that the ministers that you have in office now, they have all of the expertise in the world and you don't need any expertise from anybody else. Or the PSs that you have, you don't need anybody else. No. There's so much new stuff happening in the world. Somebody like Bernard, somebody like Julius and Landon, and so on, Thompson Fountain. Look, they have this man advising some government way out there, and he could be in Dominica doing things for us. So I'm I'm just saying all this to say, we have to start using, do like Singapore, right? Do like Singapore, man. Use all human resources and add value to all natural resources. Let's maybe build a better economy for people you know what China is doing now? China's producing so many millionaires now. They don't know what to do with them. your middle class is just expanding, it's blowing up. Millionaires, are, I thing every day we need to produce some millionaires in Namnika, expand our middle class too, right? Yes, and we have so many different sectors and industries where we can do that. It's true the country small, but you we, we can serve the rest of the world. The rest of the world is a big market out there. We can service it. So, gentlemen, thanks a lot for, for being here tonight. Thank you. Appreciate. Thanks to all these folks on Facebook and on YouTube and all the folks who are on Radio Land, wherever you are, all the communities in Namibia, everywhere else that you are in the Caribbean and further afield. Thank you for staying with us tonight. Kept you up a little bit late, but I think it was good. We had some fun, but I think the ideas and the exchange were terrific. And I'm looking forward to the next time that we can meet again and discuss what we think might be in the best interest of developing our country and taking it to a much higher level than it is now. So thank you, uh, Thompson. Thank you, Ronald. Thank you, Julius and Bonad. Thank you, Sherwin, and everybody else. Good night, everybody. And good night, a good
1: and a good night to Lambie as well, wherever he is.
0: Yes, Lambie. Uh, well, I'm in touch with Lambie. and um, so we're communicating regularly and really, our prayers are with him, and he's always in our thoughts. So Lambie, good night. Take care. All right. Good night,
5: everyone. Good night. Good night, everyone.
0: Good night.
4: All oppression will be done And the people will rise up on earth
1: Freedom at last